Hello and welcome to the 1-1, your West Australian racing podcast. I am BJ Ryan. Episode 54 is proudly sponsored by Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter with Betfair. As always, teaming up with the one and only Perth racing guru, Terry Layton, and joining us from 1-1 Studios is Pistol Pete Andonitz. G'day, Terry, and a very warm welcome back to Pete. G'day, guys. It's good to be back. You're getting a very warm welcome. Uh, just, just to let the listeners uh, know what's happening right at the moment. Uh, my dog is jumping on Pete and uh, humping his arms. So you're getting a very <laughs> warm welcome, uh, Pete. But uh, thanks for coming back on. Back by uh, popular, popular demand, demand, you could yeah. say, BJ. 100%. He was a big hit on our Railway Stakes extravaganza edition of the 1-1. And, um, yeah, Pete is getting a very, <laughs> very friendly uh, response from our uh, mascot. I haven't had this much action in WA since uh, <laughs> a couple of years ago at uh, post-Winterbottom Stakes, I think it was. Since, since the elephant and wheelbarrow was still operating. Uh, not even sure it was that, uh, that good. Might have been, uh, what was the joint that used to be where... Uh, the arcade joint in Northbridge is on Beaufort Street. Oh, Dominion League. Dominion League, yeah, so that's that your bread and butter. Yeah, exactly. The indie, the indie scene in it or? No, no, it was just proper bartenders and hospo sort of scene. Okay. So uh, and I think they're now a Foxtrot unicorn. So. Um, we'll have to put a photo up of Spotty wearing the 1-1 one, one hat as well. We will. Yeah. Um, did we put the photo of more aces wearing it up? We did, We yes. did, yeah. We should have done a little comparison and perhaps yep. had a little who bit of Who wore it better. Uh, yeah, who wore it better <laughs> yeah. thing. It's, it's actually a ding-donger. Yeah. Um, Spotty's listening, so I better not say too much more. <laughs> Pete, uh, you got a bit of a tough act to follow mm. after last week's guest, Brittany Taylor, but the man they call Pistol, you've slotted straight back into, seamlessly back into the WA way of life. Um, how's things back on the West Coast? Yeah, really good. I've barely been to the races though, so uh, I've just been enjoying punting from various locations over the last few weeks, usually bars. Various um, establishments that sell liquor. I heard you oh, were yeah. spotted at the Cottesloe Beach Hotel. Is that correct? Last Saturday? Yeah, I might have been there after uh, the racing day had finished at Ascot. I had a few mates that have just positioned themselves right on the beachfront. So had laptops going, just firing, looking across uninterrupted ocean views, that sort oh, of thing. Pretty cu- hard. Couple of old fashions? No, actually was uh, yeah. Pisco Sour was we? Uh, what was your uh, got uh, some Venezuelan rum. Mm. Um, yeah, so mm. we'll have to get hold of that and uh, do an old-fashioned class with a little bit of rum and chocolate bitters or something like that. I think so. Oh. We were shopping for the bitters the other day, yeah. weren't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. we couldn't find Pete's them. is so. bringing a real level of class oh, to this I tell podcast. You, what? Though, Gee whiz. Oh, hell. Hey, this elite. Mm. Um, winners, enjoying yourself? Yes, uh, went rubbish on Railway Stakes. So I think the only collector I had was Shan Talk and then backed up last week by, I think, backing half the card in the end. Um, they even had something on, what was the, the Merit horse that... No, oh, she's got merit. She's got ah, merit. you're lying to us now. You didn't no, actually. I had a rate of 31 Surely. bucks and oh, got out to 90 on the fair. Oh, yeah. 95 bucks. Yeah, that's that's when you're betting, um, you're betting smarter, not harder there, aren't you, Pete? Indeed. Mm. Money Maley. Chase adrift. Money Maley. That was a good story, actually. Anyway, we'll get to that. Okay. So, well, Pete's with us today and we'll be hearing a lot more from him as the preview progresses. Hopefully but not too much. Big thanks to Brittany Taylor. She came on the show, yeah. uh, stole the show really last last week. And how can we forget that Terry lost his head-to-head battle with Britt in the Caracapo versus Dig Deep Stakes? The guru, now this is going to be a sight for sore eyes. The guru is now scheduled to head out to Team Taylor's Bullsbrook property Get his hands dirty by mucking out some boxes. Are you looking forward to a bit of a bit of manual labour, Terry? What do you think? 
Look, we're uh, congratulations first of all to uh, to Brittany and the Taylor team. Lockie was, uh, geez, Lockie had a little bit of a spring in his step after the uh, Laurentino <laughs> and Caracapo double. He's uh, doing a tremendous uh, job uh, with the Bullsbrook team, but uh, yeah, no, strut, was it? A bet's a bet. I thought Dig Date was a little stiff in the run. We got a bit shuffled away. In saying that, Caracapo um, also had to cop the Barracky beats. Jeez. Barracky Beats is just uh, that a, might that might be it, I reckon. Hey, what a character! Yeah, he's a kid. He's, he's hey, a yeah, he's a character he's of a the turf. Scallywag. He's a scallywag. Um, but no, a bet's a bet. Uh, so I, we haven't teed up a time yet. I think I was meant to, but um, just uh, yeah, just just haven't rushed into teeing anything up in that sense. But uh, now, what time does? Does work start there, do you reckon? About 11 a.m., I think? <laughs> or is it a mid- midday start in, uh, in horse racing? When do we train? Early Arvo? Or? I reckon Terry's actually going to have to shop for, for clothes. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have to shop for an appropriate attire. This is going to be That's this is only be fun. funny because it's true. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So there's been a bit of a thought process in regards to that. We'll either tee up a time, I think, next week if it uh, suits them. The other option is mm-hmm. um, we've discussed uh, a team tailor podcast maybe get Lockie Brit um and us and we could maybe do it down at the Bullsbrook property so perhaps I could do a little all up I could do uh, a bit of a uh, a bit of box mucking mm-hmm. all up podcast or something we, maybe we can tee that up for sometime in perhaps January I think would make sense so we'll speak to Brittany and Locke see what makes sense but otherwise we'll um we'll get out there soon because a bet is a bet BJ yes that's correct and it's it is going to be it's going to be very funny watching the guru handle one of those pooper scoopers, isn't it? It's going to <laughs> gloves, gloves on or off, do you think, for the guru? Uh, Pete, Pete, what do you reckon? I'll natural, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've been told the hands are a little bit too smooth, to be honest with you, so we might just leave them off and, um, yeah, just uh, let them battle through the elements. On another note, we're going to change topics here pretty quickly. Uh, we better congratulate Britt. Britt actually tipped up a storm last week mm. as well. Uh, her best was a double. Uh, Caracapa all up. Um, Resort man. Resort man, yep. which which would have got the chockies and her Maddie was ten eleven bucks. So bad, bad wolf front of place. Mm. So yeah. no, we um, yeah, extremely good effort, Brett. Very good. Um, yeah, we got lots of positive feedback regarding actually regarding the one one in general. I snuck out to the races again. Thanks, Lee, uh, for a few hours last Saturday to um, soak it all in on Winterbottom Stakes Day. And yeah, the the. People are very um, receptive, receptive mm. to, to the show, and uh, um, it's really cool to to hear um, lots of positivity from the uh, from the public. Um, and we even got some constructive criticism from one of our uh, leading hoops, Terry. Yeah, we did. You, you might have bumped into Chris Parnham at some stage. Yeah, bump, bumped into to Chris later in uh, later in proceedings, and um, he gave his own little uh, his own little rendition. I don't know where we were tossing up before we came on whether we were going to uh, chuck it in as our uh, opening theme this week. I'm not sure if we've decided to do it or not. Um, but uh, no, Chrissy, uh, Chrissy had some uh, some yeah some positive feedback mm. which we can which we can use going forward. We might even I think. Chrissy's got to have to be a guest in the coming weeks on the blower. and uh, Well, he obviously listens. So, well, yeah. clearly, exactly mm. right. So, uh, no, it was great. Caught up with Chris and Brad. Caught up with well, – we caught up with a lot of people throughout proceedings. It was a, a whirlwind day in that sense, a, a cracking railway stakes day as a uh, winter bottom day. Gee, I'm it's – the Master Series. Again. You, you, you did get a bit of sun. I did get a bit of sun. Yeah, that's. I've just been sent that photo, so that's really good. <laughs> Look like you can't tell when my hair starts, my forehead, uh, my forehead 
Dan's. But uh, yeah, no, a long day, good day. Chris Parnamonsoon, to summarise what I just said in the last minute, which I'm not sure. Well, we might have to ask our producer, Jen, just to weave in some of the uh, Chris Parnam intro so. music yeah. renditions, <laughs> a bit, bit of humour. Um, now, it was a winner bottom stakes uh, day yeah. to remember for Team Taylor, which we just touched on with Caracapo and Laurentinio saluting the judge. There was plenty else happening on track as well. Resort man, he's, he's a good horse. He was awesome in winning second up. Royal Command charged into Perth Cup contention with a pretty soft Tats Cup win, wasn't it, in the finish? And the Great Southern claimed bragging rights in the Country Championship Series with Albany-based What About Moses winning the $100,000 final. But the headline act, of course, was the Group 1 $1 million winner bottom stakes victory for our newest racing superstar, Elite Straight. Terry. Yeah, super win. Um, like yeah, yeah. Retrospects a, a powerful tool, but you can you can sort of put the form lines through Cliffs of Comfort and and whatnot against a horse like Celebrity Queen, who was I think Elite Street got out to something like forty bucks on the exchange, forty fifty bucks in the exchange, while Celebrity Queen was close to ten fifteen. Like you can put the form lines through, then it all makes sense. But you don't expect an eighty three rated to come out at weight for age level and um, and be able to do that. Race did pan out nicely for him did uh, did do a little bit of work but um horses that were on the fence were severely disadvantaged by condor heroes um and i'm sure that's uh, that caused a bit of debate on social media about whether some of these horses should be potentially balloted out i'm i don't mind condor being in that race it's a horse with scope uh he's a horse that's run some some good numbers when he has one so um i'm not as perturbed it didn't it negatively affected my investment obviously with indian pacific so i'm actually talking from my pocket there uh, but no, it was a super victory and um, welcome to WA, Brad Rewilla. Pistol. Indeed. I think the, the talk of balloting horses out is kind of irrelevant, I think. It's a one-off year. Uh, in a typical year, you'd have five or six horses coming from interstate and we don't have that question to begin with. Ironically, Elite Street probably doesn't get a start if that's the case. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's all credit to Connections, the horses done tremendously well so far this prep it's probably had a fair amount of things go its way and i mean doing the replays i think it's uh easy to make the suggestion that there was probably a couple of horses that were dreadfully unlucky in run and probably the runner-up i think if it gets clear with more than 110 meters to spare probably wins the race but you can only do what you presented with on the day and that's racing blah 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 narrative all that sort of stuff doesn't help when you back the horse at 50 to 1 the week before but anyway are you talking from experience here, Pete? A little bit. Yeah, misery loves company, so I'm quite <laughs> happy with that. So, do you <laughs> know what? I'm just struggling to get out of my head. Sorry to go back to where we were before, but I can't get the beep, 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 which is stuck <laughs> in my head. It's absolutely just uh, it's ingrained in it at the moment. Anyway, sorry. Um, well, just a shout out to our friends at Betfair. Mm. I sat down two minutes before the jump and Elite Street was 38, yep. 40, 42 dollars. So I was just chipping away at, at those odds. I was also chipping away at the $23 stage man as well. And um, speaking of unlucky runners, geez, stage man, he has to be the most unluckiest horse in WA hands down, I think. Of, um, Stiffer than stage man, I think, is the, uh, is the new of, saying. It's a bit of deja vu here, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. I just think a uh, few people were critical of Paddy with that ride and we just actually should get off. But I, I think it's a pretty tough old horse to ride. And I think Paddy Carberry's just been added to the list of jockeys he's, uh, he's made to look uh, ordinary just with his racing style over the shorter journey. That's why I'm backing a back marker over the uh, – the sprint journeys is always fraught with uh, fraught with danger, so I don't think he'll be the last one that uh, that occurs to either. You, you know, you're a special kind of um, 
uh, thoroughbred when William Pike doesn't want to ride you. Yeah. So. <laughs> Just to paraphrase Radiohead, he does it to himself. So, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, he's uh, yeah, difficult, uh, difficult horse to ride. But one day he'll, he'll put it all together. Well, maybe he won't. One day, he's, maybe, maybe yeah, he won't. He, he might only have a season left. Till he's he might off. be one of those, uh, like one of those football players, all the talent in the world, but just uh, never gets a flag, you know. So, should I mention Rock Magic as well? I don't think they got <laughs> enough airtime either. Um, the to, I, I thought he was none at all. And Jared, it was interesting hearing Jared. So I actually had a chat to Jared after the show. He said uh, he had goosebumps at the uh, yeah. at the four hundred meter mark. But um, yeah, I think he thought he was on the winner, just going for home. And um, geez, that would have uh, that would have been something. The, the winter bottom was a great example as well of a race where bet fair needs to be utilised. B, BJ just went into it in a touch there, but a horse like Trekking, who we thought was either going to probably pop out to a 260 quite with some risk or just get hammered and it got hammered, hammered yeah. what was he touching beach dollar 79 dollar yeah, 80 dollar 84 type thing i mean you've got to fit all those other quality horses into 55 my maths are off here pete 58 percent of the market something like that um no 42 percent of the market mm. the other way around sorry you've got to fit them all into 42 percent of the market type thing so i mean horses like I know that people were diving in and saying how is rock magic 25 to 1 i think rock magic traded i think i had something on later at 40 dollars Rock Magic? Oh, no, more, it was more, 60, actually, sorry. Yeah, Rock Magic yeah. was 60, 70. And you touched $60, yeah. So well, $70, you're right. Yeah. I ended up having, because of the way I went, I was taking on trekking, I, I ended up having a, a reasonable crack at Elite Street and I still lost on the race. That's how I went for the day. So it was, uh, it was yeah, quite quite incredible. But that was the example of when you know a horse is going to take up such a big piece of the market that you should, so show, should show patience and wait for uh, those big, lovely prices on the exchange, which I know you love so much, Pete. Oh, indeed. If you're betting the last three minutes before the jump, which I tend to do, and you're looking at horses over $10, which yeah. I tend to do, you're just insane if you're trying to use a corporate price at this uh, day and age. There's no need for it. Hang on. It was the, I'm pretty sure it was the first Group 1 victory in 10 years for Dan Morton. So a stable and a family that's had so much, such rich success on the biggest stages in on the East Coast and internationally as well. Um, great to see the Morton Racing Stables are back in um, the top echelon with a really, really good horse, Elite Street. Uh, he's a 110 rater now, so I'm assuming mm. he's just straight to Melbourne and he's uh, he's attacking those those feature sprint races um, East Coast in 2021. But also post-race Brad Rewilla was his 25th Group 1 victory of his career, um, which surprised me a little bit. But then I remember how many Group 1s he won on Blackheart Bart, Weekend Hustler, like two megastars really mm -hmm. in their in their time so brad's been a good jockey for a, for a long time that was actually his um he's ridden four group ones in western australia now so he yeah as terry said what a uh, what a kickstart to his new um i get career path in western australia so he's um certainly going to be utilized um to the uh to the fullest by all our uh, leading stables over here in the west so good luck to brad and good luck to dan morton and his team with elite street in 2021 exciting times ahead the winter bottom was a good snapshot against established weight for age horses and uh horses um who we didn't really know what their ceilings were just yet uh, i think was it celebrity um mm -hmm. queens was it 11th start in a race was it or 12th yep. start in a race <clears throat> and start, elite yeah. streets are very lightly raced horse as well so they were on the way up and kind of made a bit of a mockery of the weight for age scale on the day um bit, but, of, a, bit of a glorified 
Roman Cup still. Got to say that. Trekking didn't turn up anywhere near his best as uh, was always the possibility. And from there, it's – I mean, you, the proven weight for age horses were – they're all old. Like yep. Rock Magic is your proven weight for age horse, but 11 years old, you're clearly past your best. So I think Rock Magic running third. Like I'm, I don't want to take anything away from the winners, but I don't think this is going to go down as a classic – Winter bottom, where we look back and go, geez, look at this form line. You never know. Elite Street has the, the – there's so much potential with, with Elite Street. Celebrity Queen, I think – look, Chris Parnham got held up until the 100, 150. I still thought that was a 10 out of 10 steer. Like, I don't think you could have ridden that any better. It was basically alongside stage, man. One gets held up, one runs second, you know. So, um, despite – having a couple of bob on at the early price. I still think uh, it was a, a 10 out of 10 steer. Very good. Okay, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Kingston Town Classic Day. We are recording the 1-1, your West Australian racing podcast at quarter past 11 on Thursday, the 3rd of December. We're racing at Northam today and we're about to dive into nine races on day three of the Master Series at Ascot on Saturday. Esperance. Esperance is in action this Saturday as well, while the weekend finishes up with the Grandstand Cup meeting at Pinjarra on Sunday. First Pinjarra meeting since August. Is that right, Pete? I believe so. I think it was the 20th of August from the top of my head. Okay. So, yeah, racing is back in the Peel region at Pinjarra this Sunday. And make sure you stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the Mundaring Hotels WA Racing Mastermind and the Market City Meets Get Out Stakes competition. Um, and what about the uh, the Betfair promotion, the Get Summer Ready? How did that go last week, Beach? Yes. Well, we had another winner of our Get Summer Ready with Betfair promotion. The... Uh the winner was a gentleman by the name of Campbell Matthews. His Elite Street 17.50 BSP prediction was closest to the official $32.70 BSP. Not a bad price for mm. Elite Street for Betfair punters. Now, if you, we've got another Betfair summer merch pack up for grabs. So if you want to enter again this week, the Get Summer Ready with Betfair promotion, our third and final promotion for the Masters Series tweet, at the 1 1 pod, who you think will win Saturday's Kingston Town Classic and a Betfair starting price, BSP? And you can be in contention, contention to win that much sought after Betfair summer merch pack. Uh, now, if you'd like to read my pre markets preview, the leg up, it's back this week after a week off. Jump on to bestbets.com.au andor the Oz Race website. The leg up's been out since 7 a.m. this morning, while once we finish recording the 1 1, Two of the very best, Terry Layton and Daniel Cripps, they combine forces for the Wild West video preview, which available on the Betfair hub. That's betfair.com.au. Also, the 1-1 is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all other major podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Pete, Terry, let's get cracking on Kingston Town Classic Day. Okay, the rail is back in the true position on Saturday. We've got the weather, a maximum of 24 degrees, clouds clearing, light winds. Looks like it's going to be another lovely day out at WA Racing headquarters. Good for predicted. Rail true is interesting, always an interesting, dicey proposition. Um, but, um, yeah, obviously a complete faith in the team out at uh, Chris Nation and his mob out at Perth Racing to get the fairest possible service surface. Pete? 
Yeah, the only thing I'd point out is last time we raced in Rail True, the track had been verti drained just prior to that. So it may not necessarily be the most reliable guide of all time, but it did play quite even on that occasion. Maybe Rails was a slight disadvantage as yeah. the day went on. It started yeah. to chop out. I wouldn't necessarily go with that game plan in mind. I think it will probably play a bit more on speed early and then possibly even out as the southwesterly comes in. I don't know if you guys had anything more than that, but that's probably about what I'd be expecting. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to allow for, so very good. Okay, so race one is the Tourism WA Trophy for two-year-olds over 1,000 metres and now Neville Parnham holds uh, the aces with this particular race with three of the four or five main winning chances. So just touching on the Parnham Racing Stables, we will be joined by Stephen Parnham, Mr. Kingston Town Classic himself, a four-time winning rider. He uh, he will be uh, jumping onto the, the show for a quick chat on um, all things Kingston Town. KC, Parnham Racing, and um, just how he's going in his recovery from that uh, that disappointing injury on the eve of the Masters. So stay tuned for later in the show when we have a quick chat to to Stevie. He's a good man, so it'll be interesting to see what he has to say. But um, leading into this two-year-old event, as I said, we've got uh, three Neville Parnham-trained horses who all have varying level of support, as well as the Dan Morton-trained Estrape, who uh, I think Pete and Terry were both keen on on debut. He has the services of the one and only Sir William Pike on Saturday. Yeah, we got the price on that occasion and get the result. The yeah. horse is still very, very green, did a lot wrong and just took forever in the straight to get going. And I'm not exactly sure it's going to be suited here at the short quote, given that it hasn't shown that much gate speed mm. in either its trials or in its racing. So I've actually got it settling midfield or so. I think Neville's clearly got the the aces here because you've got flying missile destructors showing speed in its trials as has ultimate command and that horse ran a pretty decent time in its most recent trial it was just strong going through the line and for me uh brad parnham opting to ride that runner over a few of the others i think it's the one to be factoring in primarily here uh, i wouldn't necessarily be launching at the current quote but i'm happy to have something on expecting it'll probably shorten and that'll about do me for a two-year-old race I thought Flying Missile was the horse to be on in the 1,100-metre race two weeks ago. Found the front with Raul's Romoli on top, got pressured by the winner, but it didn't necessarily give up the ghost, did he? Sort of just boxed on it, just got a bit tired late, which was understandable because it was 400-metre trial into an 1,100-metre race. Back to 1,000, nice draw, finds the rail in front with Chris Parnham going on. Um, that's got that run, got that grounding run now. I think she's. Uh, I think this horse is going to be pretty hard to catch, And but for me it's a, it's, it really came down to a flip of the coin between the Parnham stable mates, flying missile and ultimate command. Ultimate command, as Pete said, was that was a good trial win, wasn't it? Mm. The time was there. Brad's obviously opted to ride, which is, which is always a good sign, but it's going to probably have to sit outside the stable mate flying missile. So for me, uh, I was I was keen to take on Estrape. Uh, uh, has been slow away. I think it I think the it box seated the other day, but that was only because it was able to muster from two and it didn't get crossed. But if it's a little bit slow away from six, it might end up a pair or two further back than most people might anticipate, which could then allow the Parnham pair to pinch a race winning lead. So for me, it's a flip of the coin, ultimate command and flying missile, but I'm gonna go with the horse who's gonna land in front, rouse in run, and that's flying missile on top. Terry. I've got nothing to add. <laughs> I'll just absolutely uh, nothing to add. I'll just throw out a couple that I think are worth following, or at least having a look at how they run here. Pixie Chicks has trialed pretty well, but no blinkers on, which it had in its most recent trial. 
Uh, mm. So looking for Harrow to stick the blinkers on in a subsequent start. Would you think that was just an educational thing from Harrison to see how he goes with the blinkers on? They thought he, uh, she, sorry, fired up too much. Why would they have them on in the trial and take him off for the race, do you think? Uh, potentially they might be looking for a little bit further. Not okay. too sure. Yep. Um, but, yeah, that, that was I thought that was a nice little point of interest for the race. And the horse for the Pierce team, Polisieri. How do you pronounce that? Yeah. Polisieri. Yeah, I like Polisieri. Yeah. Polisieri. Yeah. Polisieri. Yeah. <laughs> A bit of a French sure. morning for us, hasn't yeah. it? Oh, I'll try French <laughs> history this morning, and uh, anyway, sorry, kept going. No macaroons this morning, though. No, no yeah. macaroons, no, no, no. Anyway, that it trialed well. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked its trial too. Yeah. I just can't can't map it from yeah, the exactly. gate, but um, I definitely, of course, I'll be keeping an eye on if it gets out to a silly Betfair price, I might have a little nibble. Um, just something Pete mentioned before, and something I saw on Twitter, I can't remember who said it during the week, one of the one of the Twitter lads, one of the many WA Racing fans out there said, when will I learn um, uh, to back horses on speed earlier in the day, especially when it's sort of back to it, and it was just so bang on, it does play more, always does play more on pace, and it's harder to make ground um, earlier in the day at Ascot, Adam Belmont, especially when it's back to a uh, I mean, an inside pad, which it hasn't been for a while. So, um, yeah, I'd say your two will be will be hard to beat. But um, it's always very interesting to note um, how difficult it is to make ground early in the day. Okay. Race two is the Crown Perth Handicap graduation, 1,600 metres. Uh, we have had one scratching since I did the form anyway. Number mm. two, Son of Bacchus, is out. So it, um, it does look a really nice race for a three-year-old coming back from feature racing into graduation company, well-weighted. The horse that I'm referring to, of course, is Bragwell. Good draw. Sean McGrady goes back on our 54 kgs. I can understand why he's come up favourite, but he's still got to got to do it. Um, he's only won the the one race, and he has run a couple of second placings um, on in Saturday races. But coming out of a Faritha Stakes and a WA Guineas performance, it's it's obvious why he's um, most people's on topper. But I've, I, I, would I be right in suspecting Terry that you're happy to operate around? No, you'd, you'd be very incorrect, actually. Really? I'm pretty happy to operate with Bragwell, yeah. yeah. I, I think Bragwell will be the most tipped horse this week. Yeah. I just think, yeah, I think Blind Freddy will be will be finding him this week. I mean, he, his numbers are good. He's He was stiff in the, uh, not stiff, 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 but it, the things didn't go exactly to plan in either Theretha or the Guineas. Um, he drops weight on a Guineas to come against a, just a moderate bunch in a, in a 60 plus. Like, my worry was that he's not jumping all that well, but barriers one and two aren't going to be super quick out the gate. So Sean McGrady, and as you mentioned last week or the week before, sometime recently, all the weeks are merging into one to some degree, uh, Sean gets him out the gates better than most um and he's riding these horses just he's riding horses from good draws good horses from good gates he's just riding them exceedingly well even when they're not winning he's riding them exceedingly what about moses was another one we saw the other week so um look if he can muster up and get uh back of the speed or even just one pair further back he'll uh it'll be super 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 hard to uh to hold out. Um, I'm going to make this a double player race. This will probably be my biggest investment race for the day. Very keen that the winner comes from either Bragwell or Mr. Delegator. Um, Mr. Delegator's got a funny little career to date. So obviously much spru- – there was a lot of sort of spruiking going around. Started being a beaten favourite several times um, in his short career. But 
on debut was knocked off by Cliffs of Comfort. Uh, I think Giant Leap and Caradini Aurora were third and fourth. Came out Cold Rail Belmont um, when all horses were forgiven. I think only one horse that settled on the fence ran a place that day. Came out again Cold Rail, Grab Rail, Western Rhythm. Um, had to do a little bit of work early to get to the top. We'll forgive that run. Smashed him in a Northern Maiden. Um, then stepped up to a staying trip, sat outside the leader and won. I think that win, you don't, it doesn't get the credit it deserves because it was midweek. It's really hard your first go at 2100, start number four five um not even to find the rail but to breeze and to win like that i thought that was super especially um, like he got the better of uncle lino yeah, tough, or lino who's yeah, a tough yeah, sort of tough competitor yeah past. exactly right so i thought the first start run was really nice at northern just battled away and kept coming to the line the big thing for me here is though mitchy pateman um is super on horses like this so you can sit outside of speed and um he gets those big chicken wing arms rolling uh, the 56 and a half is a really nice weight for a horse i expect to go through the grades uh i've marked Bragwell 260, Mr. Delegator 480. Um, it's currently about, uh, I think we've, we, some people have snapped up some early numbers. So I think it's about 330 and seven bucks for the pair. And I'm going to back them to win the same amount. And that is, uh, yeah, one of my more confident races for the day. I'd be surprised if they don't run the Quinella. Guys. Hey, I don't really have too much to add here. I'm, I don't really think this is a, a betting race for myself. Uh, I've obviously haven't taken any of the prices early. So, Bragwell's now under 320, which is, look, for me, that's uh, getting towards the skinny side of things. Um, I was really keen to follow Phone Me wherever it went next mm. start, but mm. I just don't think the track's going to be suitable for it this weekend. So as a result, I'm pretty happy to just uh, leave the queue on the rack for race two. Yeah, you're right with Phone Me. It was a, it was a target horse, wasn't it? You were like, geez, that was a good run the yeah. other day. But it's it goes up in weight and it maps similarly so how's it going to spot some of these Mr. Delegators and your Bragwells on top of the speed? Even Tiff has spoken probably can roll forward and from its high draw and um, have a bit of a – too much of a head start, especially on, on a horse rising to 60 kilos. So looks like there's a bit too much against Phone Me, who I do reckon is going to be developed into quite a handy acquisition from the East Coast. I, li I like him mm -hmm. as a horse. But okay. I, think, um, I think this is a – Perfect race for Bragwell, and I'm, I'm with Terry. I think Mr. Delegator is going to be a winning chance as well. But if if Bragwell, be, the the key is the start. If uh, Sean McGrady can get him to begin and take up a running position somewhere in the first four or five, with galloping room late, I think he's going to be really hard to beat down on the minimum. And um, he's a thrill with a bit of quality. And um, this this looks the this looks his race to lose. Mr. Delegator hard to beat. And I do have a bit of a soft spot for Tiff has spoken as well. But the draw is a bit sticky. But Bragwell looks his race. Certainly does. Race number three, moving through the program. It is the Tab Touch, Better Your Bet Handicap, 72 plus 1,100 metres. Terry, would you like to kick us off? I'd, I'd love to, BJ. Thanks you for that honour. Um, <laughs> I think... Uh, do you, really, all... do you really want to? Or... <laughs> no, I do actually. I, I quite like this race. Okay. Um, are we? Uh, are you? Are we all going to be looking to take on Long Beach? I, I feel like you have to at this stage of the yeah. prep, don't you? Two seventy yeah. as well. Pete doesn't look as convinced with I'm, the take on. I basically have this race as being very fluid in terms of there's a whole heap of horses outside of the the front two and run that could almost shuffle their position. And mm -hmm. um, Long Beach obviously got too far back there last start and wouldn't surprise me if Pike uses a little bit more intent early and tries to get a bit more forward. I think this is a pretty wide open race. Mm -hmm. And so I think I'm leaning to, to the same opinion. You have to try and take on Long Beach at that price because you'd almost make a case for any of these horses given the right run at their best form. 
Um, I know there's a few horses here resuming that aren't necessarily 1100 meter horses. I mean, Gates of Babylon is going to be a little bit more effective over further, but has had the three trials and has been improving in each of those. So it does look like it's entering this with a fair bit of fitness. Jeez, I mean, Plutocracy's trial was pretty excellent given that it almost fell at the start <laughs> and uh, hunted up and came up towards the inside. It ran really well first up last prep, didn't necessarily win. Held up the entirety. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's a horse that I thought that was probably the angle I was leaning to most in this race. But, I mean, look, state attorney was huge last start. If it managed to get itself into a spot early, it could shock it to another price. It's a really tricky race, but I think at this stage I'm going to be looking at plutocracy. Yeah, I, I look sort of narrowed it down to two, plutocracy and uh, and Shin Ju, who I wanted to try and get uh, Long Beach beaten with. In saying that, I, I find it odd that Long Beach is still going around. I, I would have thought at this stage of a prep after a, a somewhat disappointing last start effort. It was early in the day, came down probably the wrong part of the track at that stage, so we can forgive, but um, it's odd that they, they keep him going sort of um, for that one extra. So the fact that he's still up, I dare say he's still a pretty happy horse and um, we don't want to be going too hard against uh, a pretty quality galloper, but um, I've ended up landing on plutocracy. Plutocracy, I think, is just disappointed us too many times. He's only won three of 24. Yeah. That's a that's a concerning number. And the way I price the race and the, the current markets mean that Shinju is clearly my bet um, with a save Plutocracy. Um, but if you go back, Shinju, I, I think, might be a little bit of an underrated galloper for Team Jan Jimmy. Um, if you go back to his first up run last campaign, where he was a little bit stiff against Long Beach, um, he was beaten 1.9. Long Beach had a more fluid, uh, fluent and fluid run in uh, in transit. He actually meets Long Beach because of how their careers have gone since then. He actually meets him four and a half kilos um, better for that outing. Speed map wise, I think Shinju gets a head start on Long Beach. Shinju is coming into a preparation fresh. Shinju didn't have the. I don't need to keep saying the word, do I? He didn't. Uh, he didn't have the uh, the blinkers on in a recent trial, and I thought the recent trial was really good. So from uh, look. From a market point of view, speed map point of view, nice weight swing on a favourite who's really deep, probably last run before. He gets tipped out. Uh, I think nine bucks is around Shinju, so I'm really happy having a, a reasonable little whack Shinju and I'll get my money back, six bucks plutocracy. Yeah, um, I'm sort of aligning with both of you guys. I think that I had ended up with plutocracy on top. Originally, I wanted to find Gates of Babylon, but I just couldn't find it with Zebul in the race, 1100 coming off a virus. If that, Zebul that, across, you think? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had to double check the stewards report. I wasn't aware that that was the reason for the scratching. So, like, yeah, I mean, it's a setback. So you got to factor. Yeah. It's got to come back a peg at least. Eleven hundred too sharp for him as uh, well, potentially. Perhaps, yeah, yeah. And just because he wouldn't get the the front, he wouldn't get the front. Yeah. It was um, it was just another bit of a double negative there. I, um, so I ended up landing on Plutocracy. He uh, he raced really well last prep. He was eight starts, seven times in the top three. He only won once. And he did sort of, um, he did have excuses on quite a lot of occasions. Who's Terry. stiffer, him or stage man? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a touch well, and go battle, isn't it? It, yeah. it is. Yeah. You're right. He, you could make a case that he probably could have won three, three or four races last prep. Yeah. The Mervyn form looks good. Even the gun, Guns of Navarone form looks good. Um, and, of course, the Red Camp Man. I think did Laver Rod run second in that race yeah. uh, as well? So all the form. They cleared out from fourth as well. All the form was strong. Uh, Pete's right. He trialed up really nicely at Larkhill on the 16th of November behind Gates of Babylon. Um, 
His best is funny horse. His best racing has almost been when he's had galloping room in like three wide lines, sort of moving into the race with with momentum. So interesting to see how gate one factors into that. But the speed should be faster than average with Zebul and um, Gates of Babylon. Hopefully that bus open the field a touch, creates some space for plutocracy, some galloping room for plutocracy to to work into underneath Chrissy Parnham. I think he's going to go close. And I'm with Terry. I'm going to be having something on plutocracy and Shinju as well. Going to be punting around Long Beach. I think the map works out quite well for for plutocracy purely because Maddie Derrick's jumping back on Flower of War and every time she's ridden that horse, she's tried to get it off the fence immediately. Yeah. So I don't think she's going to be crossing Flower of yep. War in front of plutocracy, which basically means he can just sit in the box seat. He'll be hoping that uh, Gates of Babylon pops out to the breeze because yep. Zebul will, will cross. And I told Luke I'd have a little um, dip at him because he's done one of my uh, most hated things in racing when you got a horse up and about uh, uh, ripping the shades off. So I actually told Luke I'd have a little dig at anything here, but uh, Zebul's flying. He, did he actually – was there any insight into why? Uh, I'm interested to know. So the- Luke thinks uh, Zebul goes just as well or better. It's probably better. I'll let Luke explain, I guess. But uh, goes just as well or better without the shades off, and he only put them on initially to sharpen him up when he was out of form. He thinks he's got Zebul back to his best mm-hmm. uh, or very close to back to his best. So um, he doesn't think the shades need to go on. Settles a bit better over the 1100. So – um, look, with that inside pad likely to play pretty nicely early, there's no reason Zebul can't nick this just about. I yeah. think Gates of Babylon will be probably run off his legs a little bit by, by a horse like Zebul. He'll have to thing. sprint alongside Plutocracy Shinju, or Plutocracy will probably have Gates of Babylon's back. Uh, I don't know if he out sprints those horses. I think when he beats horses, he out grinds those horses. So, um, yeah, look, pretty, pretty keen that the winner will come from uh, Shinju, Plutocracy, or Long Beach. Um, but Long Beach is way under my price. So I'll be playing the other two with a Main play Shinju at the moment. Okay, race four. This is a doozy. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Amelia Park handicap. 2,200 metres. We've got 16 plus four emergencies. People are climbing out of trees to start their horses in this particular race. And it is throwing us some curveballs, Pistol and Guru. We've got Midnight Blue, who could be a Perth Cup smoky, all of a sudden lands in a race with 60 kgs, barrier 15, Carleen Heffel claiming three. Where's the wizard? Well, you ask, and the wizard is, of course, riding Adornment. Um, the same colours, of course, Cerise and White, but in a different stable. She is trained by Adam Durant these days. It is um, it is a lot of the major players have, have high draws to overcome. It's a fascinating affair. And uh, I'll throw to my more astute <laughs> partners here. Spotty? <laughs> Spotty. I think this is Spotty. We need your help here, buddy. Where are you? <laughs> no, you stopped humping Pete now. No, he doesn't like anything here, apparently. I'll, 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 I'll hand over to the professionals among us. Pete, what have you got? <laughs> I have found a couple at a longer price, okay. as you might expect in this sort of race uh, with Midnight Blue it, looking it? very short with uh, Carlene, Carlene. <laughs> um, I, was, I was watching a bit of Dolly Parton last night, actually. Mm, Entertaining. Yeah, I thought you would have been. Um, Is that a standard Wednesday night for you? Yeah, indeed. Yep. Usually a Saturday. Oh, look, I, I leave uh, Saturday night karaoke to, to those with a little bit more vocal range. I've mm. lost a bit over the years. Um, too many old fashions. Too much whiskey and cigars. Uh, <laughs> British Bessie maps really well. It's got big figures over this sort of distance range. Clearly wasn't suited last start. It's a bet at the current price, as is Bella's Idol, who ran some really fat splits there last start. PH? Fat? Yeah, F fat. F fat. F fat, really? Yeah. PH? No. Okay. They're not as good, are they? I, I indulge in 
rotund figures okay. that I think transcend <laughs> race course to race course. I mean, completely destroyed that field field at Bunbury, and that's not necessarily mm. saying very much, but. I think it maps okay here because there's not a whole heap of speed in terms of horses that are dead set going to be taking up the running. I think Summer's Sky probably will from gate two. Aragain will be thereabouts of Maserati. But I think come right back, they haven't been trying to lead with it. I think it will go forward. Bella's idle, Mitchie, he can just start just cruising along on the outside, work mm -hmm. his way forward from gate 20, which I think is just giving us a little bit of a better price because the last start figures on my stuff were particularly impressive. Just keen to have something on both of those runners in a wide open race. Yeah, it's that type of race. You could, uh, for those doing the early quadrellas, you can uh, go a little bit wider here. Um, you got to take, got to take on Midnight Blue with Carlene. I'm not going to try and sing it. I don't have your vocal range, Pete. You're underselling yourself. Um, we got to take on Midnight Blue. I don't think Adornment stays, but man, they're both winnable. Come right back from the sticky gate. Slightly disappointing mm. last start. I thought slightly got got rolling at the right time. Yeah, that the horse I'm goat. surprised that Adornment got past him. That was a yeah. bit, bit damning for me. Yeah. Well, BJ mentioned that Midnight Blue is a Perth Cup smoky, and he's in the market. And um, for me, it's. Strange race. Yeah, well, it's funny that if, if you've got a Perth Cup smoke, you can carry 60 and win in this. Yeah, so Pikey should be uh, Pikey should be on. Maybe there's a reasoning we don't know. Pikey should be riding. Um, but no, a couple that have come up over my price are Ook, Ook Bar, Ook Bar Ted. Uh, Ted, uh, he uh, he was super at his first go at a staying journey last time around. If Lactar was on, no offense to Troy, but we get the the claim with Lactar and he's riding super, I'd be really keen. But um, sat deep at his first go over a journey. If you go to his previous start, he actually faced Midnight Blue that day. Christy Bennett had to take rails runs. I don't think there was much between the two runs between Ook Bartet and um, and Midnight Blue. So we're getting thirty one dollars Ook Bartet, who I've priced fifteen. So we can we can be on there and uh, Aaron. Again, I've actually marked Aragain just shy of favouritism at around that six seven dollar mark. Um, I got about a six seven in the field. In all fairness, um, Aragain rolls forward. They, they keep saying they're going to spell runs, him. How many runs for Aragain? Well, they keep saying they're going to spell him. But if you look at his staying career to date, he's only I think there's been four times he has gone over the two thousand plus. Yeah, the first one, She's, it's a man. Uh, she, that's she. that's what I meant to say. Yeah. Um, the nine hundred times I said he, uh, she was deep the trip at her first go over staying journey and was something beaten. Uh, they rode her cold once. She went forward last start outside of bow count and race, dominated by those off speed. Um, and the other occasion, she was probably a good thing beaten when she got a few back to fence. Yep. They now know she needs to be ridden aggressively. She needs to be ridden on speed. Um, she'll be up there alongside Pete's tip, Bella's Idol. And um, I don't, 12 bucks currently, I think we'll probably see better even on Betfair. It's not one I don't think we need to rush into and, and grab. Um, but yeah, she's above my price. So look, this is a race I don't expect to win in, but I'm going to back Ukbar's head at 30 to 1 and uh, Aaron gain at 12s and just win only the pair i feel like you have to bet yeah you have to yeah yeah well, i have to bet him it'd be un-australian not yeah. to it would be very un-australian not to bet in the amelia park handicap over 2200 meters <laughs> yep. before i give my my uh, analysis one thing i've noticed is how's this midnight blue goes uh it trotted in really the other day beat patty shadow who'd come out and then ran second in the tats cup last week it won with a leg in the air rated through the roof does it rate through the roof so 10 10 out of 10 but yeah, but it, it was a fast race, wasn't it? It was yeah. a fast, it was a good win. So it's gone from a 74 to a 78 rating, handicappers rating, right? Four-point penalty for winning a full Metro State, won comfortably, beat a good horse. Bella's Idol ran in a wonky zero Metro win last year race at Bunbury, and it's won by a margin, right? But beat 
come on. And it's gone from a 72 to a 77 for winning like a third of the stake money. I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't. Come on. I love when he gets fired up. This is my favorite. It's, I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't read well for me. How 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 is that justifiable? I mean, Belazide will beat up on some you know juicing like juicing carrots and a couple of other tired horses or whatever. But it was a it was a Bunbury special conditions on a Sunday. It just it just doesn't seem right. And then, I carried on about this probably in episode twenty. I, it's all margins. It's, it's purely margins. People that are the people that are the handicappers probably need to have the access to it. I don't know that they do have the access to the data and the figures and how good was that race? How many points do we give them? But it's purely on um, length of victory. And it sometimes me, I think joggies now have to think, geez, I need to probably pull this up a little bit. So I'm going <laughs> to yeah. get more points. And one of the spectacles of horse racing is seeing okay because it doesn't happen very often. Is seeing a horse win by four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 9.7 lengths if you want to go to Geraldton. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think it takes away from the spectacle to some degree to penalise horses winning by a margin. And that isn't a horrible form. Juicing carrots form isn't too bad. Anyway, I know, so. but it's, it's – it's, it's, but I'll take the Paddy Shadow sort of um, form ahead of the, the Bunbury. Yeah. And it just it doesn't – it just doesn't feel right. And I, say, I think sometimes these horses of um, – this recent white horses, they get placed so well through the grades, but because they're back markers in a way, they don't, they don't necessarily win by yeah, big margins, but panels. their wins are far more meritorious than than they look to the eye. Like the figures are just like sub substantial. So they pick their way through the grades when really Midnight Blue probably should have got five points for winning his last two races. Yep. So, you know, he's got 10 points. So... Anyway, that's it. Just it was something that stood out for me when I was when I and if I was a uh, you know connected to Bella's Idol, I would be a little bit aggrieved. Do you know what I mean? So. I gave up on handicapping a long time ago. I thought you know my my point of view is as long as horses go up in grade, as long as they drop points, just as just as fluidly, so to speak. Uh, I think there shouldn't be too much issue. But we're never going to get a consensus in this state about how handicapping policy should work. So I gave up. Very good. We'll put a full stop on that. Might I'm with Pete. I like British Bessie in this race. Uh, I think that she was she did a lot of work uh, to work around on a pretty fast tempo. To she ended up sitting outside leader, which is not her go. Last start in the race won by Midnight Blue, which I reckon is the stronger form reference than the the midweeker that some of these horses are coming via. She's still boxed on really, really bravely. I thought her two performances prior to that were good. The second behind, truly great. Obviously, the standout performance of her preparation thus far. From seven, with a lot of the other chances drawn a bit awkwardly, a bit high, they're either going to get too – they're either going to overexert early potentially or get too far back. I think British Bessie is just going to – sort of be nice and snug somewhere midfield, just maybe a pair uh, forward of midfield with Alan Kennedy back from suspension. Is that right, Alan Kennedy? Yeah, he's back. Yeah, he's yeah. back. Mm, from out of um, space. He, um, I, think, I think she's going to get a really good run, rock hard fit, Sharon Miller stable, doing good things. I reckon this is the race for British Bessie and, um, yeah, and I think she's uh, at a reasonable quote and probably might even get a little bit better on the day as well. So British Bessie on top for me. I think the other horses in the market are all uh, genuine winning chances, of course, and outside of, of the market. Um, I don't know. I just think that Maserati probably was a bit stiff the other day, but he just doesn't win. So um, British Bessie on top. Good luck. Yeah. That's what you need is a bit of luck here, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, a lot of luck, mm. yeah. Look for, look for improvement from a horse called Celtic Diva as well, stepping up. Always a different horse over a journey. Went around that heavy nine last time out, probably actually um, fitness-wise, probably forward. So, yeah, just keep an eye at it. Any old price late in the exchange probably gets to 80 to 1 or so. 
Okay, oh, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, it's time for it's it's one line. Like, how do I not remember this every single week? I was really proud of myself before, and I saw how proud you were when I remembered to do the thing straight away. <laughs> just um, proud, <laughs> just oozing with okay. <laughs> uh, BJ Peter, it's uh, time for our Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind competition. That's right, Guru. The Mundaring has been heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. If you get a chance, please drop in and see the publican Ian Butchie O'Connor. Say good day and let him know you are a one-one listener. He'll look after you. Feed, flutter, froffies up there at the Mundaring. Congratulations to last week's Mastermind winner, winner Mitch Brennan. He's all the way from Kalgoorlie. Congrats, Mitch! A one hundred dollar gift voucher to the Mundaring is in the mail. Okay, Terry, Pete. To be crowned this week's mastermind, you'll need to answer the following four questions correctly. A couple of tricky ones here for Terry. Last week was a bit easy for him. It was. So a few half volleys there. Question number one. Name the jockey riding in this Sunday's Kingston Town Classic that alongside Steve Parnham has also won the race four on four occasions, four-time winner of the Kingston Town Classic. Seems too obvious. Question two. Name the horse that won the only ever Kingston Town Classic held at Belmont Park back in 2003. It was over 2,000 metres and it was, uh, a, it was Ascot was being renovated. So the uh, the carnival was held at Belmont. That's not our folly, that one. That's day five, Mumbai. <laughs> Good length, hit a, hit a crack. Not even sure I was born then. Yeah, I that's uh, that's coming back through the gate and taking me off. Start that one. The, the real masterminds will know that one. Question three: What horse did Perfect Reflection defeat in the 2015 Kingston Town Classic? Don't know. Oh, Don't know. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what a race! That's one of my favourite uh, race calls of all time. Don't know. Don't know in the Kingston Town. All right. Who? who who ran third? Can't do the whole thing. Dark musket. Yeah. Uh, $91. $480 on Betfair. <laughs> wow. I was on. <laughs> but I'd also had the early perfect reflection price of 26 bucks. No big deal. Uh, all right. Question number four. Who saddled up Moriarty to win the 2014 Kingston Town Classic? Oh, I know that one. That's and who was the jockey as well? West Australian racing... Uh, Racing people have a bit of a love-hate relationship Actually, with this job. Yeah, I do know this one. Yeah. I was trying to remember. I was thinking I was getting it mixed up with Moorish. I was like, no. <laughs> what am I doing? So they are, the, they are the four questions for this week's Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind Pencil Competition. Computer. I was going to write the four down. Number one? Incorrect. Oh, yeah, it's a bit of a trick. Tricky. Yeah. Number I'm two. Sorry, I didn't even attempt it. Uh, number three is a tick. And I don't even know who the hell you're talking about in race four. <laughs> wow, we. So it, this, mm. yeah, after one from four. After last week, just knocking it out of the park, the Guru's um, come back to mm. come back to the field in this week's mastermind. But yeah, get, get your entries in at the one one pod on Twitter. Send us send it via direct message, please, and you can be in the running for that hundred dollar gift voucher to the Mundaring. All right, BJ, uh, we head to the second leg, second leg of the, uh, I don't know why I just turned New Zealand, Kiwi, uh, we head to the second leg of the uh, the Phillies and Mare series, the Jungle Dawn Classic, and I don't reckon I have black booked more horses from one particular race, so I always knew coming into this race it would be a bit of a difficult affair for me to 
wade through, but uh, the 1,400 metres uh, pistol, is there anything that uh, has caught your eye? Has any of these young fillies or mares caught your eye? It's, uh, as you said, there's a lot of horses with the right run. I think that's what it's going to come down to more than anything. And I'm half expecting or more half hoping by this stage to be able to make a little bit of ground. Mm -hmm. If not, I'll be able to just chop out half the field, obviously. But I was really impressed with Serenity Bay first up, and it's a horse that does have good figures second up. It's got really good form from last prep as well. Um, that's a horse that I'm happy to be making my book around. Uh, I can make cases for Naughty by Nature's form as well, but I think it's probably a little bit less favoured by the map. I think the market will zero in on Tycoon Storm more than Sean Trail. Um, I, I think Tycoon Storm's the obvious map horse and looks much better suited stepping up to 1400. But just at this early stage, Serenity Bay is the one for me. Map-wise, guys, how did you – it was funny, I was talking to Crew about this yesterday, and I – I have in my mind to either talking to Kieran privately or it might have been on air. Are we? Is he exclusively trying to teach Lonsdale Lady to sit, or is there a chance he rolls forward here in a race devoid of a huge amount of speed? I thought it rolls forward. I think the reason they obviously took the sit last start was it was a little bit slow away from the mm -hmm. wide gate, and really the rest of the field was already in motion by the time that sort of Jade got into its work early. So I think from gate three. She'll be looking to really Lead try and up. kick it out. Sophie yeah. Song in the breeze. Well, I think Sophie Song probably rolls forward and actually takes the front. Yeah, That's I think the way so that too. I'm anticipating yeah. that Lonsdale Lady either has the choice of sitting there behind it or popping off and sitting outside the leader then. So, so is it right that Lonsdale Lady's had a throw dog? Yeah. That's correct? That was prior to which prep though it was it was post the uh the natasha wasn't mm -hmm. it it's funny with Lonsdale because, Lady. because she's maybe, put in some maybe, shockers hasn't she maybe they're going to be looking at maybe not exerting her as much as they used to early and maybe that's a better strategy considering she's coming off um wind problems so i don't, I don't necessarily think that they'll be booting out eager to lead over the 1400 i'm with pete i think that sophie song will, will sort of crash across really positively what do you think what about Oihana. Well, that's I, I'm the same as you guys. I didn't have her leading. So yeah. I, I had Lonsdale Lady 1-1, Tycoon Storm leaders back. I had Oihana leading yeah. the race just about. I can't see why you would go into this race unless you're planning to go forward with a horse whose really only big effort um, was when leading. So for me, it's Oihana leading, yeah. Sophie's Breeze, Tycoon back of leader, Lonsdale 1-1, one, one, just one, about. Yeah. That's your map yeah. to some degree. So from, from there, I really just narrowed it down and my, I did my market on that map. In saying that, if Lonsdale Lady leads and Tycoon Storm gets its back, I'm probably just as happy. Like I'm, I'm probably the, the two horses which have come up well above my price um, are Tycoon Storm and Lonsdale Lady. So it's again, it's a double play for me and a relatively confident one. Um, my my concern is the horse at Pete's Tip, um, Serenity Bay. Um, is it George Costanza? Serenity now. George's so, dad. George's dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a good episode. Serenity now. <laughs> uh, Serenity now. Um, Chrissy Parnham, it depends how aggressive, if he's aggressive and can find the back of Lonsdale Lady to out one back, it'd be so hard to beat from there. But I just worry that uh, she'll be a pair or two further back potentially and, and might be the run of the race. But look, from a map point of view, I've marked Tycoon Storm a tick over three bucks. So 360, 370 is available. That's enough. And Lonsdale Lady, 620. So the $11 for me, it's it's an easy race. And those two are always going to be well over my market knowing I've got Chantria close to 10 bucks here. Um, I, plenty of respect for what she's done. She's she's six from six, but she has to carry the 57 and a half. She's going to go back to last. And she, the two 1400 meter wins first up, she's, 
uh, had in her career to date have both been against pretty moderate opposition races that are really, really suited the way they've um, the way they've been run. So I got plenty of respect. I think she's really good, but I just think from a speed map point of view, this is uh, Tycoon Storm Lonsdale Lady, and they're both backable prices. So pretty keen. She's really good, but she'll need to be a little bit special, I think, to yeah. to win this first up at fourteen, and yeah. probably goes on and wins the. 16 and the 18, really, um, Chantre. Mm -hmm. But uh, she's just going to be special. And, 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 and we can take her on here. And the yeah. wizard's going to have to be uh, at his very, very best to get this horse over the line first up. So, yeah, I'm happy to take her on as well. I, I really liked Tycoon Storm in the Jungle Mist and just didn't get out uh, when she when she needed to. And by the time, by the time uh, Brad Parnham eventually got her into the clear, the, um, the first two runners home had pinched a bit of a march on her and um, – Hopefully lightning doesn't strike twice and we can find clear galloping room here with Tycoon Storm and I reckon – Wehard is a worry, isn't it? It is a worry, yeah, mm. definitely. So I'm – it's it, when they showed a front-on back straight shot of Tycoon Storm. So Tycoon Storm crossed – Flower of Scotland just couldn't hold her spot and Tycoon – and Brad had a moment where he was like, am I going to start uh, – keep following the skin and tins or am I going to go yeah. back inside and follow – Flower of War, he's opted to go back to the fence, followed Flower of War, and in doing so, allowed Mitchell Pateman and Miss Frost to land 1 1. That was the race. That it was, was, it was, he just got checked. It was the right decision. It was yeah. the right decision. Yeah. Like but but yeah. Flower of War just didn't, just didn't kick yeah. off the, off the bend like he expected her to, and um, just got held in a pocket, and the, it was, the race was all over. But uh, it was just, you know, it's just moments, isn't it? It's moments in races that, 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 um, in, in a game of small margins, that is just so significant. But hopefully, we uh, we being the Tycoon Storm Club can um, can get some redemption on Saturday, rising to fourteen hundred meters. I think she's just a really really class mare. This looks her race. Tycoon Storm on top. She's one of my better better bets of the day. She's foolproof, isn't she? Yeah, that's what I've, I think. The Lonsdale Lady from if they sprint next to each other, I think Lonsdale. Might be sharper over a final 200 than Tycoon Storm. And if we've got them, so, if, well, I don't know where you got them, but I've got them leaders back and 1 1. It's, but I, I just have more trust in Tycoon Storm um, than I do in Lonsdale Lady. In saying that, current prices, Lonsdale Lady's probably, um, well, not probably, is far more significantly over my, um, my price. I won't so. be losing on Naughty by Nature either. Okay, so back I to the 14. Yeah, just, just I've just followed it all prep. Finally got a result last time out. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to keep following. I just think she's just a she's a good good man. Her form's looking pretty red hot as yeah. well so far this prep. Yeah. Race six, tab touch, Sir Ernest Lestier Classic, fourteen hundred meters for the three year olds. Now this is a bloody good race for for the uh, for the youngsters. We've been we've been blessed with a good good series of races. It's starting with the the thousand meter three year old race that leads into um, the Belgravia, then. And the, the boys and girls go their separate ways into the Fair Ether, the Burgess Queen, Champion Phillies, Davyway Guineas, and some of the three-year-olds have splintered off into the Kingston Town Classic, which we'll be previewing shortly. A lot of them have stuck around for a pretty exciting edition of the Lestia Classic. Most people, I imagine, will be very keen on uh, Australia's best maiden, Western Empire. Um, of course, there's going to be people in the other corner who think that's, um, you know, Star Philly Shantalk, she's going to keep on her, keep winning on her merry way. 
What side of the fence do you fall on, Pete? Or is there a, a third option that you are leaning towards? You're a three-sided fence. Mm. A three-sided fence. I like enjoying just sitting on all of the pickets at the moment. Um, <laughs> well, this isn't really a race I'm that keen to get involved with. We've got Solaya running around. and Oh, yes, of course. Hopefully she's not uh, three slash four wide the trip again. Uh, she hasn't really had the best of luck over the last couple of starts, but that's racing. What about, uh, what about five wide? That's <laughs> racing. Yeah, exactly. You know, after a while you just get so jaded you just don't care anymore. As long as you're collecting on the race and you can just kick on to the next one rather than just kicking around looking for tickets. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. Only betting digital that money. you got a sore back. <laughs> no, that's why I carry the backpack. <laughs> you need a bum bag or something. Yeah, exactly. Fill it up. In case I need to rob a bank on the way home. Um, Western Empire, I've got marked clear favourite. And it maps pretty well. It's got good gate speed. I think Pike will use the horse early to just make sure it's in a better spot. And I really struggle to see anything else challenging here. The, the, a lot of the form lines I'm still very iffy on. I remember we're sitting here two weeks ago talking about the fact that a lot of the three-year-old races have been pretty slowly run. Mm. And look, the Guineas was more genuinely run, but it still wasn't a cracking edition of it in terms of overall tempo. I just think that Western Empire, given the map and everything in its favour, will really hard to beat it's quite interesting looking at it physically it's still got a lot of growing to go oh, I you think can being, tell it's going to be a good horse though. yeah i think next year will be a much better horse probably this time next year i'm not even sure i'll be ready in the autumn mm -hmm. um whereas a lot of these over the last couple of weeks just looking at them physically look like they're at their absolute peak and i would be surprised if they're still at their peak on saturday i don't necessarily want to be betting at the current price if i got a little bit better i'd be pretty much launching it yeah. Um, first of all, just wanted to say what I think is extremely good placement. I meant to mention it earlier from uh, your mob, BJ. I don't know if there's any of your doing or whatnot, but uh, Bragwell probably starts 20 to 1 in this race. Mm -hmm. Goes to a race worth, yes, it's worth half as much, but it goes to a race which um, can be very, very hard to beat. I think that's really good placement. I'm, I'm surprised a lot of these, some of these didn't look at a... Scahill, some of them were nommed for the uh, for the Jungle Miss we just went past. It's interesting they've all decided to, to tackle this one, especially all the Morton runners because they were nommed for all the races. Mm -hmm. I, I thought he might have separated them a little bit. It was a bit – I don't know why he didn't just nom them all for this if they were going to go this because a lot of them didn't even draw well. So um, interesting stuff, but really well done from the, the Team Wolf uh, to find that 60-plus. I learned that was a really good placement for Bragwell. Uh, I'm with Pete. This is the best of the day by a mile. Yeah. Um, anything W money above is good enough. Probably tag Shantork, who's up. Plenty of respect, No, no, not disregarding or – taking Shantalk on too heavily, but up to the 1400. Western Empire probably has Shantalk's back. This is literally just – this is your quintessential um, Cerise and White, just perfect placement. It just, just wins. Yep. Like, yeah, anything, even money above is plenty for me. Bank it in your quaddies. Um, yeah, just bang. So just for context, Sneaker Doodle Dandy is currently the first emergency in the Kingston Town Classic. So if something happens to happen to one of the horses in the field, I'm assuming that she's going to be – a scratching from the Listia, and she'll be going around in the Kingston Town Classic. And Western Empire is third emergency. So, would need a miracle. Pretty, pretty rare that, you know, you've got this maiden just banging down the door into a Group $1 million race. A maiden. And if it gets a start, people will be wanting to bet it. Yeah. It's. This is just Bob, isn't it? It's it's yeah the vortex. <laughs> should have, well, it should have won the Faritha. Um, not yeah. should have. Well, it just was probably the runoff. Well, it was the runoff in the Faritha. And, should have won. Um, should have won. Yeah. 
And in the guineas, if you swap the barriers um, with Watch Me Dance or if, if he just draw, well, doesn't draw 15, yeah. he probably probably wins that. I thought Dom Deschutes was a better run. Uh, there's not much in it. There's, yeah. there's, uh, there's so, such similar runs. Um, but, I mean, Dom Deschutes going to start second or third favourite for the group one mm-hmm. in a couple of races' time. So, yeah. This is, this is just your gift. And I believe this is the horse, the market. These are the horses, the markets. Don't always catch up. And we'll, we'll, we'll touch on Celebrity Queen in a minute, but Celebrity Queen is shorter currently than Western Empire, yep. and that's madness. So these are the ones the markets don't catch up on. I don't think that this is necessarily much above a dollar fifty pop in, in my mind. I'm only going at $2 and above, and we've already had a fair lash. We've uh, <laughs> already had a fair lash. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, if, if this gets done, then um, send help. <laughs> what was the early price? 260 yeah. So I've got a mark at dollar seventy. So yeah, yeah. yeah. The guru, the guru yeah. doesn't miss. So there's send, any any owners floating around. Send, send help if this gets done. I don't, I don't wake up early enough to get. Someone bring process. a uh, someone bring a stretcher to. No, this was yesterday, Arvo. Was it? Yeah, this was yesterday, Arvo. So I also um. No, yeah. I was asleep anyway. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say at any hours you are awake. I was just on a punters club thread last night, and just we were discussing the Cerise and White Army, and. From the top, Arcadia Queen, Regal uh, Showmanship, Regal Power, uh, Inspirational Girl, and Superstorm. They're probably the A pluses, and they're five of the what best twenty horses in the country, I'd say. And then you've got the this cast of like you mm. know A graders or, or horses that are gonna who are still on the way up, and it's terrifying yep. to to see how much good. How much thoroughbred um, talent he has at his disposal, and this guy, he's um, like they're, they're trying to get him in. He's a maiden. He's trying to get. They're trying to get him into the weight for age championship. So obviously they have got higher wraps on him as well. So I think it was still a couple of years ago that Bob Peters had the best black type strike rate in the country. Yeah, and I remember getting into an argument with someone over East because I was saying, "Oh no, surely like a dolphin." No, 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 no. Black type strike rate. He's still the best pound for pound breeder in the country. Yeah, but yeah. So this is this is a horse who's rocketing up the charts, and I think it's going to commence on Saturday with victory in the Lestia Classic. Shantalk is a really really good filly though, and she's going to give a kick. And Western Empire won't want to Pikey won't want to be sleeping, and Western Empire won't want to take a few strides to to get motoring because he might get burnt by this filly. She's pretty she's pretty fast, and she runs a good split. Yeah, and that's. Looking at the speed map, there's no guarantee they're actually going to be that genuine here. There's every chance they sort of sit sprint. Um, And if that's the case, Western Empire will have to be within striking range. If Pikey's a little bit too casual early and gets flushed back to the second half of the field, Mm -hmm. he's going to have to really get the right runs uh, to run down a horse like Shan Talk. And even like uh, Empire Rain, I know this will probably sound a bit insane, but clearly wasn't suited last start. Finds a much more favourable map here. It probably will loom at some point in the straight if they're going really slow, and I'd be throwing it into little mm-hmm. exotics if you're that way inclined. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I think all day session will be more aggressive here and might yeah. take it up, and um, we'll see kissing all four cheeks from the awkward gate roll across. But, yeah, Pete Thrive, there isn't a sort of standout jump and run uh, conveyance. American Choice from 11, I think they'll ride forward. Salaya with the blinkers, blinkers on. on. You'd know more than I would in that sense, Pete, but the chance she might be rolling forward. But, uh, yeah, look, all things being equal and um, and Pikey uh, can get somewhere near the back of Shan Talk. There's only one winner here. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to the AJ Scahill Stakes Wait for Age contest. It's been won by some 
absolute top liners over the journey and this year is is no exception we've got a really really good uh, weight for age line up here some horses that are coming out of the railway some horses coming out of the winter bottom that's the way this race is designed and and it's uh put together quite a um quite a good 11 horse field but obviously the horse that everyone wants to be on is the uh even money favorite celebrity queen runner-up in last week's winter bottom stakes pete is there in your analysis of this particular race, is there is there some value in the current market, and is there any any horses that you've got confidence in that can knock off this uh, recent white train mare, oh. um, produced mare? Kemantari is still taking up fifteen percent of the market. I'm surprised they haven't like shipped him off to the cattle ranch yet. Um, I, I believe they're talking about it being his last run, but he's always like gate ten. Like, what is he going to be sitting back next to Celebrity Queen and out sprinting her? Good luck with that. Uh, I think it's pretty much between Celebrity Queen. If I'm playing at the current quote and I've got a mark basically at the current price, I'll be saving on Valor Road, who mm-hmm. ran second in this race last year. Wasn't suited, obviously, in the winter bottom. Almost fell. Uh, I'm not exactly sure Flirtini's a 1,400-metre horse. And obviously, again, another horse that will be back there with Celebrity Queen. Gate 3 is probably a little bit more awkward than what Celebrity Queen has from 7. Um, oh, it's daylight the rest yeah but we're in similar uh wavelengths at the moment pete i chastised scolded myself a little bit yesterday for uh for not taking the three dollars 20 celebrity queen it was sitting joking? there for a few hours i marked it in all fans i marked it 270 but i said i cannot get her any longer like that was as long as i could possibly get her in my market i knew i could back her um, and then have my proper bet on something else to basically square up in the race. So obviously, I've missed that opportunity now. But look, we saw last year, and I think it's a really great example of what we saw last year with um, Stage Man and Flirtini started two bucks, four bucks, one week back up, 12 to 14. Um, and it's hard because their grand final is the winter bottom. It's hard to step up seven days later. Mm. Celebrity Queen's never been past 1,200. Celebrity Queen's never raced over, uh, uh, has never been past 12, has never raced on a one week back up. I don't know. I, I just think – look, I think Celebrity Queen is obviously the best horse and um, she gets the 1,400 and and, uh, and the race is run to suit. She'll be, she'll be finishing over the top of them without doubt, but um, I, I'm happy to oppose now. She's she's a, a flat two bucks and the horse uh, that you mentioned, Peter, is has come up well above my price, uh, is Valor Road. He comes across with um, – Great shot. Ran second in this race last year, as you said. Beat Stageman and Flirtini that particular yep. day. Who um, won that race? It was the Celt oh. with a big salute by CJP. Oh, and you know what? I reckon yeah. I was I reckon yeah. I was on course, and I'm pretty sure that oh. Pistol Pete Antonitz <laughs> yeah. uh, chimed in Betfair late. The Celt and was man. he was yeah 36, I think it was. There was, there was no need to be picking up any guy. tickets off the ground. That's <laughs> <for sure. laughs> the only person with the biggest salute in CJP was. Uh, PA over here, Mr. Antonis. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping Valor Road can go one better for Simo. Uh, we might see a similar salute from Mitchie Pateman over the line uh, if he can get the job done. But I love him in the breeze here. I think he can put some pressure on Great Shot coming to the bend, who's has probably, to be. Has to be who's probably coming towards the end. And um, look, he'll give a kick and he'll make the Flirtini. He'll make Flirtini and Celebrity Queen chase him. And they went around last week and ran a proper race. Valor Road didn't, as Pete mentioned earlier. He was just um, still trying to get out. Yeah, yeah he found more asses in a Toilet seat. So I, um, yeah, really happy being on Valor at nine bucks. I've marked him closer to six. So I uh, do think Celebrity Queen will be flashing late. And I'm, as I said, dirty myself for not piping in there. Um, but yeah, Valor for me, nine bucks, something on. Did that's, you hes- hesitate? Much. Did you hover showed, hesitate? I showed hesitation. And yeah, and yeah, yeah that's, I don't like showing hesitation. I believe um, 
you look, you see, you you act. And mm. I didn't. So anyway, we live and we learn, don't we, guys? That's what life is. It's one big lesson. It's like a bushfire. We're permanently in the classroom. How's it a bushfire? No, you just got to act straight away. Oh, don't delay. Okay. <laughs> That's not the analogy. That's not the analogy I expected there. Yeah. Oh, dearie me. Yeah. BJ. Celebrity Queen is the obvious on top selection. As Terry said, though, she's even money. You could probably have a go and try and uh, operate around her. Valerode for me. I wonder where he would have finished with clear galloping. He looked like he had a lot of horse underneath him, didn't he, Mitchie mm. Payment, last Sunday? In the winter bottom, gee, there was a bit going on there. Durendal mm. pushing out. I think Sean O'Donnell might have got suspended for that as well. Um, there was, yeah, Stage Man was caught up in that. I think Essential Spice was caught up in that. It was a real train wreck down there for on the fence for, for those particular runners. So Valero did, did look to be traveling sweetly. So he gets an opportunity to make amends. I'm going to be having something on Valero. And I might even have something on dance music as well the stable mate she was ridden super aggressively in a railway state set outside uh you know, suicidal tempo um, set by a great shot she folded up as um as you would expect and, and punctured but from two i just think she might get under the guard a little bit she's she won the northern cup impressively she's a good mare just going to get the right run for brad Parnell. i just think that this 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 everything just sort of looks to be if, if she's right she's going to be in the right spot to impact and about 21 dollars, 18 dollars best available i might have something on dance music as well the stable mates we did bump into simon a miller last saturday and he was um, in good nick he was in in good nick and he said that he'd be interested in coming on the the one one very soon so it'd be nice to get him on after he uh, wins a feature guru Yep, dance music's actually above my price also. Um, I agree with everything you said there. You could uh, could definitely justify spec and uh, it's interesting to note her best two runs this prep have been with Brad Parnamon. Mm -hmm. So reunited. Reunited. So, yeah, and before we move on from this particular race and get on, we probably need to get Stevie Parnum on the phone. Mm. Friend of the podcast, one of our, uh, one of our original guests, bookmaker, Punter extraordinaire. Pete McCormick has a share in Flow. Flow. Can we make a case for Flow? I think you can make an outside case, yeah. I think if you're an owner, you're happy taking something at the 35, 40 to 1. I don't think it's impossible to run a sneaky each-way race because this is probably more of a target race for Flow than the others. Um, we saw the Kelt win the race last year, and it's a pretty similar sort of profile yeah, to yeah. the Kelt. So um, if I was an owner, I'd be really happy with the setup and the price you're getting, and it's a nice fun day out without too higher expectations. Yeah, I've got it marked to... Uh about the current price, and I think we'll get a little bit longer, obviously, yep. on the day. So, yeah, I'll probably end up chopping. Okay, gents. So, before we get started on our Kingston Town Classic preview, Group 1, $1 million race, we probably should talk to the man who's won the race four times himself, uh, quality senior rider, Stevie Parnham. Stevie, welcome to the 1-1. One -one. Hey, guys. How are you going? Very well. We've got Pete Antonitz and Terry Layton here, Steve, and we um, we we're just about to dive into the 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 Group One Kingston Town Classic, a race I mentioned before that you've won four times. So just for the listeners, Stevie has won the Kingston Town Classic Award Playing God in 2011. Uh, sorry, 2010 rather. Playing God again in 2011. Uh, you won on It's a Him in 2013, and of course last year on KC. Obviously, very fond memories of the Weight for Age Championship of Western. Australia. Australia, Steve. Yeah, yeah. As you said, I've had a, a pretty good run in the race. I've uh, been fortunate to 
probably get on some some good three year olds uh, that that were in in at the right time and uh, got some good results as a, as a um, part of that. It's a rarity, Steve, that uh, a three year old that wins the race or well well wins the race can come out and uh, I think playing God might be the only one. BJ, can you old comrade as well actually uh, come out and uh, and win the race because obviously a lot of people see it as a three year old's race with the uh, allowances they get. But um, playing God does that uh, does that one hold special memories being able to do it um, with the the full weight impost the uh, the following year? Yeah. Um he was a, he was an exceptional horse. Uh, just uh, he he come off a, a a very average railway run as well um, going into that second Kings of Town, and uh, he'd had a hard long campaign in Victoria and, and performed very well. And, uh, the I guess the quality rose when um, he was able to come back out and and bounce back off the canvas, you could say, and and win that second Kingston Town, and like you said. Uh, only old comrade and himself have done it, so it, it takes a very, very good horse to to live up to that. It's funny watching both of those replays as well. They're uh, they're nearly identical rides. Uh, they're nearly in the identical spot. You, you just got along with the horse and understood the horse uh, so well. But um, just before we came on air, um, we were speaking to you before, you told us that um, if you were on KC and the railway, it probably would have gone a lot closer. Can you tell the listeners more about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, don't, I don't know if I, can, if I could quite get that much out of it. But no, um, look, on face value, she looked very disappointing in the railway. I I rode her in the start before in the Listia Stakes, and she was an outstanding winner there. And um, all her work uh, going towards the railway, I thought was was really where she needed to be. Um, Jason Brown jumped on a, uh, her um, when I had that fall uh, a few days before, and look, he did nothing wrong. It just just seemed to be that she didn't turn up. She obviously had a a weight disadvantage against some of the horses um, going into it, but uh, look, on all in all, I, I still thought she should have probably performed a little bit better than what she did. Stevie, you've obviously ridden KC for pretty much her entire career, if not her entire career. Is she a horse with a few little quirks that you have to get to know before you can really get the best out of it? Um, uh, it's, it's hard to say cause I, I know her inside out, whether, you know, someone new jumping on, um, doesn't quite have that same association, but look, she, she generally likes to just find her spot in the run and she'll generally tell you where she wants to be by the, the way she's traveling. She sometimes can take a little bit of urging, um, prior to the corner, but, she um once she gets to the top of the straight and balances up she's got an unleashing turn of foot there and um it wasn't there on display on on uh Saturday week ago in the in the railway stake so you know I, I probably can't say that it was all the you know change of rider there she she obviously just uh didn't turn up for us no brace uh, Jason sorry actually uh look I from a uh, mapping and watching her in the run, he couldn't have probably ridden her any better in that sense. She just didn't seem to uh, to let down. But I think what can you probably give uh, followers of KC some confidence is the fact that she didn't turn up in the northerly quite as well and then came out and won so well in the Listia. Um, you did give her the perfect steer that day. But um, was the steer you gave her last year? The rail was playing nicely. You were, I think you were three back the fence that day. Uh, you didn't go around a horse, um, didn't do any work. Um, she only carried the 50 but was that one of your uh your better steers getting her up along the fence and uh, you could see the elation 
over the line that day as well. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think um, just things things just worked out perfect on the day for me. I drew barrier one and um, just basically took the shortest way home. Never went around a horse. You borrowed, uh, borrowed Pikey's whistle, did you? Yeah, I asked him for some some advice before the race and. I, I must have took enough on board there. Yeah, but, um, he, he, I actually had a, had an eye on him in the run because he was on the favourite yep. uh, Arcadia Queen, and and we were positioned pretty closely. And I was thinking um, he's he's going to be keeping me quite neatly inside if if uh, the runs aren't there for me to get out, and I'd have to probably follow him through. But I could sort of just notice up ahead Gallo Shop when he was bowling along, not not quite railing. Um, around the, the tight corners and, and I thought I'd just play my, my hand here and go through for, for as far as I can and uh, fortunately for me it, it just worked out that I that I could stay there and, you know, she obviously went into the race, I thought, with good credentials because she was a um, she was a good run, I thought, in the champion fillies from a very bad draw and, and then in the guineas um, I thought she should have won that race so... She, if she had won that race, she would have been a lot shorter in the market, probably a lot more well thought of, I thought. And um, I still had faith in her going into the race that she was every bit of chances as um, the favourite Arcadia Queen was, as long as um, you know we we're given sort of equal equal chances from from our right, uh, positions in the race. And um, she she proved that. And like you said, the the fifty kilo. Uh, weight impost is, is a luxury for for the three odd fillies um, and, and even the boys who get 52. You know, to to have a, a huge advantage on the the older horses. Um, if you if you're on a horse that's good enough, um, they're they're usually able to do the job. So you've won on three three year olds, Steve. What do you? And I know you're a very keen form student as well. What do you make of the the three year olds that are in this year's edition of the Kingston Town? Gemma's son, Dom to shoot, watch me dance. Um, how, how do you how do you line their, their credentials up alongside the established weight approach stars? Yeah, um, look, they've, they've all done nothing wrong. They've all shown through their careers thus far that that they've um, got good, good, good qualities about them. You know, um, watch me dance as a Guineas champion, Phillies winner. She she can't do much more. And Gemma's son was an outstanding two year old who's looking like. Um, he's relaxing and, and maybe getting out to to a further trip. And, and Dom Deschute has just been probably heard by bad barrier draws in in a couple of his runs. And you could arguably say he could have nearly won those those races had he had he drawn better in the races. So um, they're all coming into the race with um, good credentials. Um, it's just you'll probably won't know till after the event um, as to where they sit, uh, whether they can elevate themselves to to that class of outstanding three-year-old. You know, I think they have to prove themselves on Saturday to sort of be given that. Okay. So I think there was a – depending on whether you supported Inspirational Girl at the, in the futures or, or, or whether you're planning on um, in supporting her on the day, I think um, – the gate 18 that, that Bob Peters drew certainly opened this race up and especially from a tactical point of view, Steve. So 
Yeah. Your father, Neville, has three runners in the race, Nerf Bosk, Platoon, who you obviously have a fantastic association with over the journey as well, having finished third on him in last year's Railway Stakes and, of course, KC last year's winner. So, A, what do you think Pikey does an inspirational girl? Does he go back to last and take his medicine? Is he a bit more positive and try and find a three-wire line? And also, if you're on one of the horses up on top of the speed, i.e. too close to the sun um, or one of the, one of the three-year-olds, what, what is the key to, I guess, to, to taking it up to the $2.30 favourite, the Cerise and White Runner and inspirational girl? Yeah, I, I think if I was on one of the horses up forward, especially the three-year-olds, I'd be – I'd be sort of putting the acid to them at the corner and and making making those horses with weight, the older ones, um, something to catch. You know, I think that's sort of been the point that I've gained from some of my three-year-olds where if I can get to get to a point and, and just go, um, if they're good enough, they can quickly sprint with a light weight. The ones that are chasing, especially from further back in the field, they actually seem to find it very tough to – to be able to really win, and that's where probably inspirational girl is going to find it the toughest because um, she I, I can only see her giving them a, a massive start. I, I, I'd be surprised if Pikey was to try and be three wide um, with cover if the pace, as it looks, it looks like it, it's going to be genuinely run. Um, I don't know if he's going to be trying to chase them around the outside of the field. Uh, just because I think he'll be thinking that's too much work to be done there, um, but he's going to need a whole lot, of, whole lot of luck. You know, he's going to got to have most of the horses in front of him um, getting to the six hundred, and yeah, he's going to. He's on the horse that can do it, no doubt, because it's shown in the railway it's it's turn a foot and and even through its career how quickly it can reel off the sectionals, but. Um, yeah, I'd still be a little bit concerned with its draw as to if it's going to be good enough to um, catch him. Have you given him his whistle back? Oh, he he, he doesn't give that give that away for too long. That <laughs> I think he's got that firmly in his pocket. <laughs> so, so Stevie, uh, just obviously your brother Brad has um, has hopped aboard KC. Will you yeah. be handing out the pre-race instructions in the mounting yard? No, no, I'd, I don't, I don't want to interfere with what what he's got in his head, but. Uh, I'll probably speak to him a little bit about what I know of the horse and he I think he sat on her a couple of times track work as well just to get a bit of a feel but um, I would I would say to him just ride her where she wants to be and you know you know she's got a she's got a bit of a pattern there where you have to probably just make sure she she doesn't switch off too much and you and you're on top of them and if you can be close enough at the the 400 um, She'll be um, she'll be rattling home strong. So yeah, I I just think the more you can sort of interfere with with the jockeys with instructions, sometimes it can uh, it can confuse the situation too much. They they just got to go out there and ride the race as it happens. So as I said before, you've the stable also has platoon and Nerf Bosk engaged. Nerf Bosk has been quite quite a welcome addition to the to the stable he's on a perth cup campaign he was a very impressive carbine club stakes winner good time uh, the figures were good uh what do you know about him and um and yeah he looks like he's uh you, the stable is going to have a lot of fun with that this fellow that's for sure yeah look i haven't really had a lot to do with him apart from riding him first up in the asian bow and that day he um he gave me a 
pretty good feel the way he jumped, travelled and, and accelerated. I thought he was obviously looking for more ground. Not always, but his preferred distance is more ground. And um, But the effort was really good in a field where Inspirational Girl won, you know. So he's not that far that day he showed from, from those better horses. Um, he definitely will appreciate going up to the 1800 and uh, and further, but I wouldn't sort of discount him as any sort of um, mad hope in the race just, just based on the fact that if it is a solid run, 1800, and he's going to be quite tough at the end of it. Fair old training effort by your dad, wasn't it? Uh, keeping Nerf Boss back to the 14 to win the, the Carbine Club last start and, and obviously um, – he is – where is he in the market for the Perth Cup at the moment, Terry Nerfbot? Uh Second or third favourite so, around that $10, $11, $12 mark at the moment. Uh, understandably too when he's uh, – I, I think well, – I, I can't be sure, but I wouldn't imagine the stable would have probably expected him to hit this type of form until he got up to the 18-2000. So to show you this type of form now is uh, definitely a, um, a good sign heading towards uh, sort of his grand final on the 2nd of January. Yeah, so Stevie, you as you mentioned before, you fell off, or you didn't. You, yeah, you, you had a bad fall on the Wednesday prior to the railway stakes aboard um, Powerful, and um, broke your collarbone and, and fractured a few other bones in your body. Steve, how how have you recovered from that? And uh, for all our listeners out there, have you got a? I guess have you got a timeline um, on what you, on a what you need to do to get back in the saddle, and um, how long to your back riding work? Yeah, look, I've. Um I'm feeling good about myself now. Uh, the, the injuries are still there, but they're, they're getting better um, by the day. Uh, went and seen the doctor the other day and he said it's probably a six to eight week um, time frame on getting back into the saddle, but it'll just sort of wait and see how, how things go. I'm quite fit and, and healthy, so generally my bones do probably – heal on the on the better side but um look it looks like that i'll miss the entire carnival including the perth cup so uh which which was a unfortunate but i'm uh, given that i'm probably just going to make sure that i i work towards getting back properly and right and, and doing the right thing and you know so it'd be sometime in january i'd say that you'd see me back um at the track and and building up towards race riding again Stevie, I remember listening to you talk about Platoon last year on radio and I think my comment at the time was you sound like you'll be making a really good future trainer. You've obviously got the great grounding there with your father and, and the family history as well. Does having a bad fall necessarily put thoughts into your mind about continuing to ride or you know, do you start to look at the future in terms of training and in terms of having that fall? Do you, does it, do you start to question yourself at any point in time given your career? Um, I guess you've always probably going to have to get to a point where you need to make a transition into something else. Um, that could be sooner than you want based on, you know, you could have, a, like I said, the, like you said, the fall and one, it could be career ending. So uh, it hasn't deterred me in any point of wanting to get back into race riding as such. Uh, I've had a number of falls throughout my career and bad ones as, as well and and I've always been able to to come back and, and get back into to racing and and to the level that I want to be so uh, at this stage I I'll, I'll do that and I'll, I'll come back in in and and try and get back to the level that 
that sees me, you know, where where I need to be and, and hopefully riding uh, good race winners again. But um, there will be a time, uh, and it's probably, you know, sooner than later that um, I will have to look at that next phase. So um, I haven't quite decided yet whether that's going into training horses or if it's going into something else. I, I've certainly got a keen interest in the horse racing industry, so uh, that would probably lean me towards something that way. But um, I enjoy riding so much. I enjoy the um, having that part of uh, getting uh, being the the athlete on the athlete, I guess you say, uh, in a, in a horse racing sense, and um, being part of trying to manip- um, manufacture a winner. Um, that's still I have that drive there. So um, until that maybe diminishes i'm going to keep continuing to pursue that um so uh hopefully it goes for a bit longer all right well thanks a lot for your time here on the one one steve and all the best with your recovery and hopefully see you back in the saddle in early 2021 we better get a tip for the race from oh, yeah. uh, maybe the quokka in uh, over in <laughs> rotto might have given steve uh, some um, insight you've been spending all your time over on rotness just uh taking it easy have you Tip, oh, tip. it's a bloody hard race to, to pick the winner. Look, I'd love to see um, one of the brothers win it, so hope, I'm hoping KC or, or Truly Great. Uh, Do you enjoy holding it over them, though, that you've got the group one or four of them in your back pocket and they're yet to, to oh, snare one? Surely a, a small party must enjoy uh, holding that over them. Oh, well, they, they probably have a bit more in other areas than I do, so I guess that's one thing I'm hanging on to there. So. <laughs> yeah, they're the gold medals, yeah. though. That, that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it is it is good. It is a, a proud thing to have. So, But I, at the same time, I'd, I'd enjoy it to see um, both of them to be able to succeed. Uh, Chris was just narrowly short in the other uh, winter bottom the other day, and I know how disappointed. He's, he's come close a few times, and, and, and Brad's sort of probably been – at the top of his game for some time and, and still hasn't quite got one. So to see one of those two would be would be outstanding, you know, and I'd be over the moon for him. So, um, yeah, I'll be sort of cheering for them. But, you know, I wouldn't – I reckon of the three-year-olds, uh, just based on Dom Deschutes' runs in the guineas, he, he was just huge and – I just maybe got a sneaky feeling that maybe he might get it. So um, I don't know. It's it's going to be tough. One of those races where everyone will have a different opinion, and someone will be right and, and many will be wrong. So <laughs> that's exactly right. Good. We get used to it. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck to all concerned. I guess. Yeah. Hey, thanks a lot for your time, Stevie. I ran into Brother Brad after the last last Saturday and uh, handed you a um, handed Brad a couple of one one hats. So. Next yep. time you're um, you're out and about, and because um, you're a bit of an influencer on the social media these mm. days, Stevie, hopefully you've got <laughs> the uh, one one trucker hat on and give all us right. a bit of a plug. That'd be good. But um, but yeah, no. Sincerely, we we wish you all the very best in your comeback to race riding in the new year, and best of luck to uh, to the Parnham Stable Racing Stable at Ascot on Saturday. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks, Dave. All the best. Cheers. Yeah, we just. Caught up with Stevie Parnham, did a bit of a deep dive on the Kingston Town Classic. Stevie probably summed up a lot of the the, um, the thought processes that, that most of us have in terms of who are the main chances, the, 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 how the three-year-olds are, are going to fare, the best way tactically to bring about, um, to bring unstuck the favourite inspirational girl. So, you know, most of the heavy lifting has been done, boys, but... Um, 
But Pete, I'll just throw to you, what's the value? Who who you think is going to win and, and, and what's your best recommended strategy for, for the listeners? Yeah, it's not really a huge betting race in my opinion. Obviously, Inspirational Girl was... I don't think it was blessed in run last start, but it had to do something pretty special. If you watch the replay, Pike is halfway through the turn and he makes a decision to come back to the inside and the horse responds and just kicks straight off. It was this moment where you just keep watching the replay over Mm. and over again and you think it was actually incredible that not only Pike was able to do it, but the horse was able to follow him and go with him and it came straight back to the inside and obviously killed them late. But it was such a perfect run. I just have doubts as to whether or not I'll be able to reproduce it this weekend. And the price is definitely short enough at this stage. I really couldn't recommend a, a bet. But if it does turn up and gets a cozy run or something like that, I mean, it's it's obviously going to be a danger. The horse I'm going to follow up is Too Close to Sun. It's just a really strong type. It's got a figure over the 1800 at Ascot from two starts ago. Again, it probably lobs into a perfect spot. and. I was doing the form of the race and obviously uh, its brother in Trap for Falls is in the race. I was trying to think of the last time two brothers raced in the same event that had some sort of quality and I think I'm going to Hong Kong for Time Warp and mm. Glorious Forever when they were settled first and second in run and the younger brother uh, who was I think a sixty favourite in Glorious Forever couldn't get past the older brother. Uh, I don't think that will happen here. Uh, I'm pretty happy to have something on Too Close to Sun at the around the double figure quote just under. I think other horses that he could probably – expect a bit of improvement. I thought Cup Night was actually really good in the railway. Me too. Despite the fact it had the setback going into the race, I thought it was still a really good run. Dom Deschute, obviously, is probably the pick of the three-year-olds in terms of how it maps, and it does have that really strong SP over over its own age group. But for me, it's basically a bet on too close to Sun, and and that will do me for the uh, Kingston Town. Are you perturbed with Too Close to Sun? His best runs have been, well, they've been the wet probably to some degree as well, but more so when leading um, and with the stable mate, his brother, yep. not uh, not long knife brother, just uh, just to <laughs> clarify, as I didn't qualify this year's Kingston Town, Outrage. unfortunately. Outrage. Yeah, I was dirty. I'm dirty Des. Um, with Galo Chop and Trap for Fools likely to lead and breeze, Too Close to Sun, as you say, parks up on him and gets the lovely running behind. But just because it's the lovely run, is the lovely run his best run, if that makes sense? It, it would I would if you didn't have those two fifty and seventy dollar pops in the race and he leads this, this at nine bucks or whatever, this would be an absolute launch job on an each way basis. What about if what about Trap Fools just says see you back in the showers, boys? So doesn't that doesn't that play in into what sense? just goes to the top? Yeah. Just and rolls. Gets in front of Galo Chop and too yeah. close to sun goes breeze. No, I, I think it might even be single file for a little bit, you know. Too close to sun back of where three back the fence. Yeah. Or? Yeah. There'll be enough speed to be a three-back defence. Watch me dance. He's I'll, pinging the lids. I would assume that there's, trap no, for, there's no trap way there's fools, a three-line. Trap for Fools isn't in the race to be going slowly, I don't think. I think they'll be going. I can't be, be I reckon Galo Chop's going to probably close to retiring after this race. You wouldn't think on its final hit out they'd want to hand up either. It's not jumping well enough for me. That's the key with okay. yeah, Galo yep. Chop. I, actually I think didn't know if that was get, just a one-off from last time. Oh, I just think the horse is gone, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone knows Shot that. Shot really. Yeah. Not much chop anymore. Uh, is that still we're still doing the French thing? <laughs> <laughs> Shop. Oh, dearie, dearie. Do you know the only better? Well, actually, hang on. Let me just grab uh, Matty Barker's trumpet out here. The only better actually in this race at this point. I had a little bit of the 67s Dom to shoot early. But um, yeah. I, I've actually backed uh, <laughs> Trap for Fools to run a hole. It's the only bet I've had during the week on the race at $18. Now, I just think if you go back to the run, Stevie Parnham actually um, rode yeah. him early in the year in the – Diggers Cup, PJ? Yeah, you're 63 right. 63 kilos, yeah. right? He was going into that with less fitness, carrying 63. Yes, that was a Diggers Cup, not a Kingston town. But 
the horse that beat him, King Blitz, the ill-fated King yeah. Blitz, got eight kilos off him that day. King Blitz was a serious racehorse. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a really, really nice racehorse for Barry Newnham. So I, I just think this is a nice grounding. And I'd be even happier if he does what you just said, Pete, and he manages to find the top on trap for fools. I just think I'm not going to be tipping him as, as the winner or anything of that nature. Just the $18 a hole, I think it's more of a – Six, seven, eight dollars a place type. Yeah, I just think the eight, and it's a, it's readily available. Eighteen bucks or so a place. Um, I just think he's the one that can run a, a, a cheeky race out in front. But look, this year I don't have any real strong. This is a race I love, and I love to time, uh, chime in early. And I haven't. It hasn't worked out really in that sense um, with Bob's. None of Bob's three year olds making it here because that's usually the way I would target this race. But um, look, Stevie Parnham um, summed it up really well with the inspirational girl. Um, goes back to last. I think Pikey will look for runs, um, pending how it all pans out. We never know, but. If we're getting close to that three bucks, um, I'd probably back him in to to get a run. But I'd want the best part of three dollars because yeah. you're you're basically betting on luck. Do you think? Um, do you think we'll see that, Pete? I think so too. Yeah. Oh, that's the way that I would anticipate yeah. riding, trying to hunt up for those little sucky runs going yeah. around the corner and waiting inevitably as most of the jockeys try to start their runs going wide on the turn yeah. and he just saves all the ground <laughs> split. Exactly right. Yeah. Just, just on that, before I, I need to raise this, I don't know whether I raised this last week or not. I forget. It's been a big week or two. So, <laughs> or two. <laughs> Clint Johnston Porter, Porter on Truly Great rode almost the was almost the ride of the year to the 800 in on in the railway stakes on truly great mm. he's landed on the back of yep. truly great for all, oh, sorry, futures, on, for all um, those futures players chime in perth cup by the way on too close to sun lose. for some reason instead of staying on too too close to sun's back cjp's opted to go three wide onto the back of galo chop who was a 10 year old who had been three wide no cover the entire so in doing so, he's gone from being two two or three pairs in front of William Pike on um, Inspirational Girl. Pike straightened up in front of Truly Great. So what happened was uh, as soon as um, CJP moved out into the three-wide line, the uh, too close to Sun Joey as a party got going. That that dragged Material Man into the field. It pushed Galo Chop four wide and um, Truly Great ended up being five and six wide cornering with Inspirational Gill cutting the corner and straightening up in front of her, of him with momentum. It was just a sliding doors moment in the race. And I reckon if, if Truly Great held its line and followed, um, uh, too close to Sun into the, into the straight, probably would have finished top four. Um, I'm not tipping it in this race, but I'm, I was just talking about, you were talking about how Pike, mm. everything just sort of, like he needed that chess, that move on the chessboard to happen for him to, win the race and it's freakish how often it falls into place for him. Do you know what I mean? Especially in group ones because yeah. no, nobody wants to be the, the jockey that's held up for the But Pikey's willing to risk be that jockey that was a good thing beaten, a good thing licked in the race, you know. And that, the reason he wins more of these races, and it was just like Galaxy Star last year. Um, in la Last year's railway, Galaxy Star? Uh, two years ago. Two years ago. Sorry, yeah. yep, sorry. I'm lost track of years. This is 2021, 20, isn't it? Right. <laughs> uh, it was just like Galaxy Star. Everything gets going. And especially with horses, like you can go a bit further with this map and look at Taxigano out in the car park there. Mitchie's going to be off and asking him to be a nice, tough horse. And you're going to see not a lot of, not necessarily a lot of impatience. Well, it is a lot of impatience. It's group one pressure. The and you're going to see that the again. Three will have to be. They should. Yeah, they, they should. They have Stevie, to be. I couldn't have summed this race up any better than Stevie did with saying the three-year-olds should be off and going and trying to utilize their weight like yeah, they do. That was, that was absolutely bang on. And that could create the gaps for Pikey to come through. And um, he actually gets a weight swing on a lot of these runners with yeah. the, being a being a mare. So. And I think when we spoke to Pike, he said that he's even more confident 
of her at eighteen hundred. Yep. Yeah, he did. So which is yeah. which is frightening when you think about it. <laughs> Question for you two: Are yeah. the three-year-olds? Um, my opinion is no. I reckon that's a average crop, uh, and that won't that won't please many people. Uh, average crop of three-year-olds. What do you guys think? Are they capable of winning a Kingston Town Group One Classic? I just think from the draw that the Dom to shoot and Wash Minutes have to be top four chances. Yeah. From the draw, they're both in pretty good form. Um, is is it a vintage crop of three-year-olds? Perhaps not. Uh, however, you've got inspirational girls drawn 18. The there's a lot of horses in this race. There's a couple, there's probably three or four who aren't really genuine wait for age sort of group one horses, maybe probably more of them actually. So uh, does it have to be do they have to be vintage yep. three-year-olds to play a part in the in the finish? For me, it's it's Dom to shoot, watch me dance are the three-year-olds, and it's inspirational girl and too close to sun are the older horses for me. That's so, a really valid point. Yeah. I like how you put that. So and too close to sun, I just feel is though he's going to have field position advantage over inspirational girl. I thought his railway performance was brave. And you're putting him three back the fence. No, I'm just saying that if if they string out, mm. then he can he, he doesn't have to punch the breeze. He can drop in behind Gallo Chopper, may, may even tail trap for fools. I'm not sure. Depends how, how they want to ride Gallo Chopper after his gut buster in the um, railway. But he did lead them up in the Kingston Town Classic last year and ran. Super. Second? Yep. Second? Super. Yep. Um, but for me, I, I think this is a terrific opportunity for Joey as a party and Lindsay Smith, too close to sun. Get off and going. Make inspirational girl catch you if she if she's good, too good, too shy. Yep. Do you know what I mean? But you gotta you gotta get going, you gotta put the acid to her and, and we'll find out how just how good she is on Saturday. I think he's a strong horse and he'll be making runs, I would imagine, at the same time the three year olds make theirs and it's just gonna be a battle of attrition. Three year olds up to the eighteen hundred for the first time. He's a strong horse who can handle up to two thousand easy. Smith polish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he, he visibly improved a lot going to that railway, uh, seeing him back up from Champion Phillies Day into railway stakes. He had his coat had cleaned up a lot. I'm expecting he'll be just cherry ripe for this 1800 meter race. Do you like a clean coat? Every everything Indeed. is everything is going to have to go to script for too close. But to beat a horse like Inspirational Girl, who you know could be the next big thing in Australian racing, then you're just going to have to take your chances. And when those sliding doors moments happen, like I referred to with Truly Great in the Railway, if you get it right, then then the the opportunity is there for you to to knock off Bob and Willie and That's Team it. Williams. We're talking about rewarding a brave ride here. Yeah, um, and you just mentioned before TL that you know we're talking about Pike being able to take those guess gutsy risky maneuvers and it was similar with Glenn Boss and the Cox Plate and why Bossy wins so many group ones because yep. he's he's prepared to play that high volatility game you know if he loses so be it but at least he's trying to win and I think quite often in these big races you see jockeys very sort of apprehensive you don't want to make mistakes but I mean who cares if you're trying to win like there's only one winner yeah exactly right go for it exactly yeah, right hold if you make your, a mistake hold, hold your nerve yeah. at least you've tried yeah and that's what you need to do if, if you want to compete with the Cerise and Wyatt yep. and the Juggernaut, you gotta have you gotta take the race up to yep. them. And so I'm hoping that we see a high pressure, uh, high risk, <laughs> yeah. hopefully high reward race. And then that's why I'm leaning towards too close to Sun. I think he's a horse on the way up. And yep. if if this mare, this potential superstar, or well, she's a superstar, Inspo, Inspo is gonna get rolled, then I think 
too close to Suns the horse to do it. Could Joey like mid race if they start slacking the tempo? Could he take off and really there won't strong be any stretch slacking? Out? Surely there's no I slacking. Don't know. Oh, trap for fools isn't gonna. Yeah, he's not gonna take just, a hold, you know, is he? Queries over him and Galo Chop as they to where they're at. They could be gone at Exactly. Told, they man. they could be completely gone. And if that mm. pace starts to slacken, I'd love to see Joey take off and go right. I know I'm on the strongest horse here. If Pike's good enough to Cop catch this. me and I'm five yeah. six lengths going forward yeah. into the water turn, so be very it. much so. And if those two are stopping and going back through the field, it could mean Pike's line is being held up and Pike ends up in an impossible position. So exciting. It's a really, it's a good race to watch. What I've said to a few people, like, what should I back this race? I said, have whatever you were going to bet on this race on truly great for the Perth Cup and just watch him run a nice fourth or fifth because truly great for the Perth Cup should be 260 all in and you can still get... We've broken the price a little bit. You can still get around 450 around the places. So that's good job. If you just want to do good you punting, say, so if you Gary? want to do good punting, it's a Gary. That's a, a Gary. get on. Yeah, that's a that's a Nathan Lyon. That's a Gary get on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick with if we can get three bucks late, I'm gonna stick with inspirational girl. I'm gonna stick with Pike. I'm gonna back him in. But um and I'll probably save too close to Sun. I'm not yeah. big on the three year old. I've got inspirational girl marked three ten for what it's worth. So yeah. I'll be following you in. Yeah, two seventy. So but it's a good race to view. Just be a just be a nice neutral for once. So, anyway, Pete, there'll, what? There'll be a bit going on if uh, Watch Me Dance wins well, 16, well, 16 women in the syndicate. It's uh, The place Wolf is going to be rocking. I'll tell you what. Yeah, the Wolfman. Yeah. <laughs> I've got nothing appropriate to say now, so I'm just going <laughs> to just gonna skip on to the last race of the day. And Pete, do you know what the last race of the day is also known as? The Stone Marvellous. No, he doesn't. <laughs> or, or the Night. I Cat. didn't know if you know the uh, the segue there. So, BJ, I'm gonna have to leave it up to you here. What's the uh, What's the last? Let's get out stakes, Terry. Oh, how do we spell that? S T E A K S. It's the get out. <laughs> it's the extremely popular get out stakes. Oh, pistol. Pete's obviously yeah. a regular. Yeah, I'm like drinking. Not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a change for you. Something different. Uh, yes, brought to us by Market. City Meats. Yeah, the largest retail butcher shop in Is Perth. It? Yes. Wow. Located at the Cannyvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt, he runs the show, Swing Past and Say G'day. Timmy and his team will look after you. That is for sure and certain. Congratulations to last week's winner, Brian K. BK. Now, it was a triple dead heat in the oh, GOS last well week. Uh, it was There was a bit happening. Mm. A, one, of the, uh, one of the gentlemen who thought that he had won the jackpot because it was $100 worth, oh, worth of group one stake. So Novak Smith bailed me up after the last in the Stone Mudless. Um, last Saturday. Did he have his tennis racket? <laughs> no, he's a multiple, <laughs> multiple get out stakes Did he winner. give you a serve? <laughs> <laughs> So he he thought that he had a he had a one his uh, fifth yeah. get out stakes collect he was telling me well, yeah. and um, mm. unfortunately God bless him Sam White the Sam White rule came into vogue and we had to enforce it and uh, yeah Brian K got his entry in first and denied Novak Smith and uh, Brody Russell their get out stakes victory so congratulations. To Brian, $100 worth of the very best stake in town is headed your way. So to enter this week's Get Out Stakes, remembering it's there's nine races this week, so race nine at Ascot this Saturday, let us know at the 1-1 pod who you think will win race nine and a decimal winning margin. Remembering, of course, the Sam White rule. Terry, first in, best dressed. 
Yes, well, um, geez, I, I really like, and I was saying to my mate Jared last night, I always like, especially when it's going to be a big day of the races, I like to have something I'm really quite enthusiastic about in the last, just so no matter how bad the day's gone, you've got hope Still until the very, very end. These markets, this race doesn't do anything for me market-wise. I've marked Dark Mission uh, 3.30 and Angelic Miss 4.50, something like that. They're pretty close to the marks. So I wanted to be on Dark Mission. Price isn't there. Um, really good fresh horse. Jeez, I think one of those two win, but uh, current prices don't enthuse me, guys. You guys got anything more uh, exciting to add? I've got Dark Mission marked a little bit longer. I've got Angelic Miss marked a little bit shorter, but I'm going for a couple at odds. Yeah, that's, that's what the we way need. That I just do things. It is, and I just will get you know nailed by Pike as always, and I'll just turn around and by this stage I would have left Ascot and I'll be watching the rugby at a Bucks Day, wondering where it all went wrong. <laughs> Uh, wine night for me. Right, appropriate. I wish we had a camera on him then. That was, <laughs> that was tremendous acting. That was that was something else. Acting, yes. Wine night. Wine night. So um, that preludes what's going to be occurring at the Bucks party, or you're not much of a wine yeah, person, yeah. are you? I, I, no, I'm good with the wine. Um, so we haven't had one together. I just got a case of the Piketty Pinot uh, 18, 2018. Okay. Running out of stock very quickly. Mm, Dan Panel and the gang down there at Pemberton. My goodness <laughs> gracious me, it is outstanding. Piketty 2018. The 2018 vintage from the Great Southern Region was meant to be one of their best on record, just given the climate conditions. Okay. And have a day over 40. Can highly recommend get your paws on a bottle of the Piketty 2018. Well, apparently they uh, apparently they have quite a few in stock at the Mundaring Hotel as well, actually. So it's probably worthwhile oh, getting to the Mundaring. You just got yourself a little voucher there, so you can probably pop up to the Mundaring Hotel. It's yeah. a proud sponsor of the One One Podcast and uh, enjoy a frothy uh, while you have a flutter. I'll tee up a Sunday, I reckon. Maybe not this Sunday. Let us know which one, so I'm not there. Two, two weeks. Anyway, Pete, get back on. Sorry, come um, on, buddy. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? It, look, it clearly wasn't suited first up, ended up in the wrong spot. It is typically a horse that has the ability to roll forward. And I just don't think there's a whole heap of speed in this race. I couldn't actually find a genuine leader, but I think horses like Vital Blast, Agent J, they're all drawn wide. I think they'll try and roll forward, but I just can imagine a situation where there's not many horses wanting to take it up. And if Nux just, you know, gives it a little bit of and goes forward from the uh, wider gate, I think he can stroll forward, put himself in the breeze, or maybe even leave this. I reckon it'll give a huge amount of cheek, and I thought the trial going into it was pretty decent. So for me, Wine Knight and Ocean's 15 is the other horse mm. that looks like it's going to land in the perfect spot for Bradley P. And uh, its figures are better than they suggest given the last couple of starts. So I think this horse has its fair share of ability. And again, just I want to be with those tough on speed horses. Mm -hmm. Dark Mission, no idea where it gets to. Yeah, it's sticky. Do you think yeah. you can turn the throttle on one night and find the top, do you? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Hashtag lag, vital blast, wine night, Agent J are the four speed horses, potential speed horses, and they're 11, 13, 15, and 16. So Love it. Does Cocky jo Joy attack? I think so. What yeah. I think happens is I think Cocky Joy attacks underneath those yeah. four and comes across. Comes Look at him. I mean, realistically, and I've probably gone away from this a bit recently, it's probably been to my detriment, is I, I price a race and I bet around, obviously bet those prices. I've got Cocky Joy a clear third favourite with the map I had at 11 bucks. So realistically, that's probably my bet here. Um, probably on an each way basis at around that $20 mark. But um, yeah, I, I I do think that Dark Mission and Angelic Miss What's, what's the bet price runs. for Dark Mission? It's probably not going to get to it for me, to be honest. Mm. Three... Depends, yeah, 350, 360 yeah, type thing. What, what price have you got Angelic Miss? Uh, I think I was $5. Yeah, so it's, it's one of those races. What price have you got, Cocky Joy? I'll just go through the whole field with you, hey? 
Cocky Joy $11. Yeah, so, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Like, the way we – and I, I get frustrated with people who can, will go, oh, this is my tip for the race. So, like, I've got a tip Dark Mission, but it's it's two fifty, and you've we've got it three fifty, and I, I want a tip Dark Mission. That's yeah. also I probably want a tip, but I, I can't. I, I've got to tip Cocky Joy. Like, I have to. It's, it's 20 bucks. Like current prices, it might change on Betfair late, yeah. and we might get the four bucks Dark Mission. Bang. Party time. There we go. And that's what I struggle with the tipping aspect to some degree because at the at the moment it has to be cocky joy. That has to be my bet, and it's the same for you, Bejo. With the we got eleven bucks, it's twenty. Yeah, but you don't feel good about it, do you? Yeah, not not particularly. I mean, it's not really <laughs> one of my horses, but um, I I understand what what you're what you're saying there, Terry. And also, of course, everything everything. I think we we're sitting here last week. I think um, celebrity miss or celebrity queen rather, and. Um, Elite Street were second, third, yeah. fourth favourites in the winter bottoms, weren't they? And then all of a sudden they're all of them. Stage Man was in the market. All of a sudden they're twenty, thirty, forty dollars. So the, everything just it's it's um, everything just evolves um, over heading towards start time. And um, yeah, it's it's a funny old race too because you've got you know long price horses like Hashtag Lad who's going to come crashing across from from eleven and it's probably going to be stopping and it's going to be a uh, there's, there's a couple of other Terry Layton roadblocks in the race as well mm. um and uh and yeah and that that that's going to mean that uh that pike's going to have to keep this fave out of strife and um and uh in space her they don't they don't win trials better than that that was was it too good that's what i was thinking mm. yeah like I, i'm not sure that's a thing but uh, yeah i, I but he, oh, he, 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 he was yeah. almost yeah he was almost um, when you want he was to trying to hold it he like could, going into the turn wasn't he, he was just like and he almost had to knock him down to yeah. to get out. It was it was very unpike like. Yeah. But she was just travelling so strong. Yeah, you both said you don't know where she gets in the run. This, what I find very interesting here is, as we sort of mentioned, all the speeds drawn out wide. Yeah. So if he jags, he doesn't have those five or six behind, which will also jab. They're all going forward. Yeah. So you could end up sort of fifteenth or sixteenth. That's fair. Yeah. So which is which is you want some aggression to a degree, I think. From which the is day. why I reckon he might be. There might be the three fifty available. Mm -hmm. um, Betfair late. Yep. I do think they'll compound out in front, though. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if the speeds. Uh, if if P gets his map and one, not finds it nice and easy out the top, he goes uh, nice fresh horse. So I can definitely see that. But um, yeah, I think there's a chance they could compound um, to some degree. But yeah, prices aren't there for me at the moment, guys. Yeah, in the leg up, a tip: Dark Mission to beat Angelic Miss. Uh, price wise, I think that uh, us. Ocean's 15 and Beat the Bro are my next best. I think Beat the Bro was a bit stiff first up at Bunbury. Don't mind him as a horse. Probably going to get a, a suitable sort of run just Set back. Off him. Huh? Set back. Set back? Yeah, swelling. It was scratched a week and a half ago. So oh, I must have missed yeah, that. Yeah. Yep. That's why I think it's back in troop as well. That was the one I wanted to find too. Right, so, right. Um, just, a, just, just a watch. And a horse I've got a bit of time for. I think, Terry, you found this horse a couple of times mm -hmm. as well. Might be getting back and running on David Harrison first Baby up. Blues. Baby Blue. So mm -hmm. I reckon yeah. it might be a big price late. Might have a little nibble. Giant killer, that horse. Mm. Goes back through its form, just bobs up. And remember Adelaide Ace was a dollar yeah. twenty or something in Northern or yeah, I, Jarrah. Yeah. I had the $2.40, $2.50 because the Adelaide yeah. Ace beat Windstorm from memory in yep. a trial. I run. We watched Windstorm do what he did. So I went down and absolutely loaded Adelaide Ace. Thought, oh, beauty. So you're going to trade $1.40, $1.50 there the fair. And the rest is history. I also remember the run Baby Blues from a chase down time to sizzle. Yep. One yeah. of the more memorable. Yep. Aesthetically, that was because Thomas Sizzle was stopping too. Um, but geez, that's that's hard to forget. The twenty six bucks, that's above. Chris, quote too, Chris so. Graham's won on Baby Baby Blues that day at Ascot. Yes, yeah, well, rode so. a rode a treat that yeah. day. He sure did. So, yeah, uh, 
It is a bit of a awkward way to finish the day. Bet on, fair uh, for me. Bet fair, okay. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so opinions will be divided, but that brings our Kingston Town Classic day, our preview to an end. Time Oof. to move on to our Betfair Best and our Maddies. Yeah, let's do it. Um, geez, another marathon. And just, just for the people that have said it is a bit lengthy, we are uh, post-carnival. We'll, uh, we'll work on maybe uh, shortening it to some degree a little bit. It's uh, just so much to talk about. And Pete won't shut up, so it makes it um, – Might need to do a uh, double episode, it. Tuesdays and we, Thursdays. We maybe. might do. There has yeah. been discussions, yeah. hasn't there? Yeah. So, yeah, anyway. Uh, more, Peter. more content and more Pete as well. well sure. Pete, more Pete. We've only got until mid-January, so we're just going to um, yeah, just, just keep in mind. Just squeeze, um, squeeze every last yeah. drop out of it. <laughs> best bet, Peter. Oh, I think the best bet, I'll dodge around Western Empire, just given I can't predict the late market. I do think it's the best winning chance on the card. But for me, Serenity Bay in race five is Serenity my best now. play. Serenity now. Serenity now. <laughs> uh, BJ. Uh, Peach just really throwing the gauntlet down to me because my bet fair best of the day is Tycoon Storm in the same race. Ah, I like that. Well, I hope that you've got the wood over Pete there. Uh, I'm going to be boring, unfortunately. I usually go a bit. I, I just think Western Empire is an in-and-out job. Yeah. While we're getting over even money, I'm going to um, I'm going to just happily say that my last few. I've got a bit ambitious with the last few bests. Oh, we had inspiration go a few weeks ago, but I, it's just nice to. I need to get a bit of bat on ball with my best. So I'm going to go with Western Empire. I think I've had Tolman as my best bet the last two times it's run and been able to tell it to <laughs> no one. Yeah. I'm just lynching my trumpet. Um, <laughs> used to play the trumpet. Many, Did many you? years. Yeah, yeah. And the recorder? This no, one, no, this no. one time? Trumpet, uh, clarinet, played a little bit of guitar and a yeah. fair amount of uh, vocal work as well. Yeah. yeah. A bit of piano. Really good stuff, Pete. I reckon the listeners yeah. will be really excited. He's a man so. of many talents, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, Mr. Pete. <laughs> just seen Cripper's car roll off the front, so let's get a wriggle on here, lads. Uh, Maddie. Uh, Bella's Idol and slash your wine night. BJ? My Maddie. I'm going head to head with Pete again. <laughs> this is this is incredible. Uh, race nine, the Get Out Stakes. Number two, Baby Blues is my yeah, Maddie. Of the yeah, day. don't mind that. Yeah, I don't mind it either. Uh, I was going to say Hook Bar Ted, but I've just seen Cocky Joys at 20 to 1. That'll be the two. Hook Bar Ted. I'm Hook actually going to probably back the two of them. Hook Bar Ted and uh, Cocky Joy. All right, that's it from me, Terry. Thanks, Pete. Good no to see worries. you again. It's good to see you rocking the 1 1 at Trucker Hatch. Yeah, it's yeah. Awesome, done it. And um, get, your, get your one-one hats out for the podcast, Terry. Take uh, Peter, thank you. As Peter just said, absolutely love having you on. It's always an enjoyable, even if you don't tip a winner, at least you're entertaining. Um, thank you to Stevie Parnham as well. Great insight into what it takes to win a Kingston Town and the thought process. I think he absolutely nailed this year's race um, from a tactical point of view and really good insight for the listeners. To Brittany, to Lockie, to Jim, I'll be there in the yard. If you take me up on the, the offer to do a podcast straight after, after um, we'll roll with that. Otherwise, it will be next week. There will be footage. There will be photographs. There will be everything you need. We'll have to get Jimmy on. We will have to get Jimmy on, yeah. Yeah, yeah apparently he's keen to put me to work, which I'm yeah, super enthused about. Just going bareback with the uh, the turds, more aces turds. So that'll, be, that'll be good stuff. They'll probably chat me in Caracapo store just to really rub it in. But, uh, look, if you're out there this weekend, come say hello. Peter will be out there. BJ will be out there. I'll be out there. Come say hello. And um, until next week on the 1-1.